Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy Friday and welcome to a very special edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you. And for the first time ever, we are live on location here in Winnipeg, hanging out with our friends at Little Brown Jug and many of our regulars here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, if you're just jumping around or you're at home on YouTube and you got a couple hours to kill, pop on down, have a few pints with us. Be a great way to uh, progress into the evening in pregaming for a big Blue Bomber game tonight. The Whites are on at IG Field. Bit of a whiteout theme in the stands as well. And the Blue Bombers are looking to go 3-0 and against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now, it's a Friday show. Fingers crossed we'll be able to execute the marble race from here. I think that should happen. Uh, but before then, really lucky to have Dustin Nielsen with us. He uh, is in town to call tonight's game on TSN. Dusty and I cranked out the lock shop a little earlier this morning here from Little Brown Jug. He's going to join us in about five minutes. A little later on, Murata Tesh. Unfortunately, I believe out of town. So Murat will join us virtually. We'll talk to him about everything that's happened in and around the Winnipeg Jets and the National Hockey League uh, the last few days. And then Mike McIntyre is going to pop down and join us live here along with uh, so many friends. So uh, first things first, welcome to everyone that's listening on the podcast. Thank to everyone that's checking us out on YouTube. And a big welcome to all our friends that have joined us here live today. Great to see so many familiar faces. And a very special welcome to one of the WST OGs, Les Thompson, who's celebrating a big birthday today. So uh, Lester, great to see you. And uh, Michael Remus, great job getting us all set up. Uh, sounds like we're on the air. People can hear us, and uh, this should be awesome. We are here. The show is on. Everything works. Uh, pretty incredible that we're doing this live. Uh, first time planned together. We Someone's like, is this your first show in the same room? Well, one time your internet stopped working, and you need to rush over to my house, and, and we did it. But uh, nice to see so many people here, and great to be at Little Brown Jug. I love it. You know, we've got some uh, great turnout from a lot of folks here. Uh, we've got some Winnipeg Sports Talk merch. We actually now have a Ken Weeb Wake Up shirt in the house. Pat's rocking the Sean and Headsband shirt as well. So uh, some nice representation from my buddies who, of course, are in Denver for tonight's Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final with the Tampa Bay Lightning facing elimination. Um, so as usual, you know what you know what's up here on this program. We're going to get to the big topics of the day, uh, especially surrounding the Winnipeg Jets. And Remo, I don't know if you could maybe get that tweet out that I put out earlier today, just in case people, if people thought that we were joking about the standing offer for Barry Trotz with Beer for Life, as well as a signature beer. Um, well, as I said, our friends uh, Kevin and uh, Cam, James, Rebecca here, they're ready for us, and uh, we're ready for Barry Trotz as well. Because um, let's just say the reserves have been topped up. And if there is an announcement that one Mr. Trotz is the new head coach or the Winnipeg Jets, uh, we're ready for you. There it is. Uh, <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll pull it up. One sec. <laughs> pull it up right now. Uh, it was a very busy, busy uh, spot here this morning. I think plenty of deliveries were going out, including one there, as you can see. And that's actually a cube. I should have maybe gone over on the side to show people the depth of it. Let's just say we're well stocked, and if Trotz Watch does end the way many of us would like to, the 1919s okay. will be on ice, ready for uh, ready for I, Barry. I do have a surprise later on in the show. If you want to do this at the end, I did get someone to design the Barry Trotz Homecoming Lager can. If you want, <laughs> we can throw it up on the screen. So it it's just a prototype. It's a very rough draft, but we're gonna present it to the people, at Little Brown Jug, and maybe they can do something. 
with it. Of course, if if he is going to be the Winnipeg yeah. Jets head coach, if not, I'll just throw it in the garbage and not to mention this again. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed on that. As I mentioned, we'll get into that coming up a little later on with Marat as well as Mike McIntyre. And you mentioned, of course, we are live at Little Brown Jug. First things first, a big thank you uh, to them for the incredible support over the duration of Winnipeg Sports Talk, especially the last couple of weeks. We had a bit of a buzz going viral with our offer to Barry, but um, if you've never been down to Little Brown Jug before, William Avenue in the exchange, great spot to come for a pint with friends or to pick up uh, your favorite local beers and take home as well. And uh, obviously Kevin from the start, Rebecca, uh, James has been so much help this week, as well as putting together that great idea for the offer to Barry Trotz. And uh, Cal's doing a great job working the tap room as well. So uh, obviously, big thanks to Little Brown Jug and all the sponsors that make this program happen each and every day. Our friends at Aikens Lake, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Vita Health Fresh Market, Cully & Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend, Not Auto Corp. The gang over at Princess Auto, big tailgate party today. Hopefully the weather cooperates, but uh, we'll be out there before the game tonight outside the stadium. Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ group, Assiniboia Downs, Canadian Club, and of course our betting partners at Cool Bet Canada. Hey, just quickly before we get uh, Dustin Nielsen in to join us live here at Little Brown Jug, Remo, big game tonight, Bombers and Ticats. Uh, Dusty and I were kicking around a little bit of a line movement now. Bombers five and a half point favorites in this game. Um, be very interesting to see how uh, the Bombers come out, especially on the offensive side of the football. I do think Hamilton's going to have a real challenge with the depleted offensive line. We'll get to that with Dusty a little later on. But uh, I guess the other big question is, we've got a severe thunderstorm watch right now. Might we have some boomers or weather that might interrupt the game? I was saying to Dusty, and we'll talk about this in a minute, he might have to be ready to tap dance tonight, depending on what happens with some severe weather coming into the area. Yeah, Hamilton's had some issues the first couple of weeks, giving up too many points. As well, I know they got up to the big lead against Calgary. You have some questions about Dane Evans. I think that's going to be something we're going to be talking about all season. Did they pick the right guy in terms of going with Dane Evans over Masoli, who we just saw the last couple of weeks? I think they've had, as you mentioned, the O-line. That was a problem last year. They've had problems keeping him upright. Uh, it's a whiteout night celebrating beating Hamilton. Thanks, Hamilton. Way to, <laughs> way to come into town, and we're going to celebrate uh, beating you back-to-back -back Grey Cup. So I think the Bombers are going to win. I would take them with the points and it should be a great night at IG field. Hopefully the weather holds up. I've been looking at the forecast for the last like couple of weeks. Cause I knew we were going to be here and uh, well, it's nice. Now I'll say that nice. Now we'll see you about later. Well, as I said, we're going to talk to dusty about tonight's game and then we'll get to our jets topics with Murata Tesh and Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg free press live here at little Brown jug in just a few minutes. Hey, before we do that, uh, Vita health, our great friends at Vita health have a big event coming up tomorrow from 11 AM to 1 PM. It's their barbecue and block party at the Linden Ridge location on Keniston Avenue, I believe 1791. They're going to have face painting, free lunch, prizes, games, and more. Um, so, yeah, grab the family and pop on out. We'll uh, try and pop by as well. Hopefully the weather cooperates for that. Um, and, of course, Vita Health where you'll find the uh, best selection of uh, supplements, healthy groceries, and more. And uh, not to mention amazing things for the barbecue with the lean bison steaks, chicken, an amazing grab-and-go deli with healthy and delicious Vita Market soups, salads, and sandwiches. Seven Winnipeg locations here in Winnipeg. But remember, tomorrow, the 25th, Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., Vita Health, Linden Ridge. Bring the gang down for what should be a great block party and barbecue on the weekend. Uh, our friends at Wallace & Wallace are Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists. You've seen their fences and trucks all over the city. They've been doing it for over 75 years. If you need the security and protection of a new fence, 
whatever you need. They've got you covered. Vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood. And if it's time to replace your garage door, they've also got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. 452-2700. They'll come out and give you a free estimate. And you can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. Uh, the F Apparel guys, I'm sure, were busy this week. I mean, uh, Remo and so many of us put a suit on for the first time in a long time for the Rady dinner. What a great event that was. Uh, but, guys, if you've been putting it off, every, you know, everyone needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom-made suits begin at just $400. You can pop down and see them at 190 Smith Street or check them out at downtown. They're also the leaders in weddings and wedding parties. And if you are in a wedding, talk to Andrew and the gang. They'll hook you up with a 15% discount for the entire wedding party and uh hey our friends at Aikens Lake we're going out at the beginning of August uh I cannot wait every day I check out the Aikens Lake Twitter feed at Aikens Lake and see another master angler coming out or another century club the goals are set high for this week and listen if you want to set your goals high for an incredible once in a lifetime fly-in fishing trip you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg Aikens Lake is the place find out more online at Aikens Lake Dot com. All right. Well, this is uh, very fortuitous. I would like to say that we planned this on purpose, doing it today, um, because we'd have Dustin Nielsen in, but it was sort of just dumb luck. But uh, big guy, what's going on, man? It's great to see you. It just kind of worked out. It just kind of worked out. Here we were. So it worked out, uh, worked out fine. Let me ask you this, because, I mean, of course, you're in Edmonton and, you know, focusing plenty on the Canadian Football League with what yeah. you're doing right now. Um, but what do you guys make of the situation in Winnipeg? I and mean, we've obviously had some fun with the drama who the Knicks head coach would be. And you can imagine why, for many reasons, people here in Winnipeg and Manitoba would love to see Barry Trotz be that head coach. But it has been interesting. I think many of us thought that he'd be the first domino to fall. It hasn't been that way. I mean, many of the other jobs are filled and uh, we've still got a vacancy and still people wondering what will be the next move for Barry Trotz. Yeah, that's kind of how I think. I know I'm watching it from afar. It's probably how a lot of people are, though. Like every time there's a hiring, you go, "Oh, it wasn't Barry Trotz. That's one less place for Barry Trotz to go." And uh, maybe because those other markets weren't offering him beer for life, maybe that's a big difference maker. The I mean, the other thing I find interesting is throughout this entire process. I mean, you see the Pierre Luc Dubois thing pop up. Like he's in test free agency in two years, and then you see people talking about Wheeler and stuff. Like there's a lot going on around the organization. And if you're Barry Trotz, you're kind of sitting back going, okay, like, do I want to hop into this? Do I want to wait to see how it plays out? Or if he goes there or comes here, I guess I'm in Winnipeg, right? comes here and uh, you know, maybe it kind of solidifies things and gets everything right on track in the right way. So every, yeah, the, the way I approach it is every time somebody gets hired, it's not Barry Trotz. I go, it's just a matter of time. It's got to happen. <laughs> well, certainly what I think a lot of people around here are hoping, although uh, I think next week is going to be pivotal. I know Pierre Lebrun reported that uh, we should know on a decision from Trotz as to what he's doing by Canada Day of next week. So uh, as I said, if anything, we're more than willing to be patient because it's been good for business, the yeah. drama around this club. Um, but but I'll you, I was in it. I've been in Edmonton for 12 years. Off season is where it's at. Like, that's just where it is every year. Well, Most so, people just want off season. It's talk. so different. And Reem, I mean, you'll agree with me on this one. I mean, last year's off season, um, everyone knew that the Jets had big issues on defense and heading into free agency just before that, they get Nate Schmidt, they get yeah. Brendan Dillon and, they were pretty much. There's no set. other drama. It's I just mean, like the this only is the thing team. Is yeah. like, oh, is who's going to get the long-term deal? Is it Neil Pionk or Andrew Kopp? And we know how that that ended up. This year, it's, I mean, I don't know, ten times uh, much more. First of all, things for Shovel Day off to do. Yeah. But also intrigue is to guys. I mean, Blake Wheeler's been a Winnipeg Jet since day one of Jets 2.0, and. Um, 
Reem, somebody mentioned this to me last night that, you know, with Maurice now being in Florida and the potential of Wheeler now being dealt, potentially Mark Shifley. At that point, when those three guys move on, I think we might be referring to this Jets team as now Jets 2.1. Well, the Jets speculation has been off the charts here the last like month since Barry Trotz got uh, got fired from the Islanders. I mean, we had so many people coming in the chat and I just, you know, I do the headlines on the screen, you know, the thumbnail on YouTube. Today, it's like Bombers, Ticats, Stanley Cup, you know, maybe we'll get to that. There was a just, you know, controversial, and I just put Jets drama. <laughs> there is way, way too much, you know, we talking about, uh, oh yeah, they need a head coach this week. Wheeler's on the trade bait list, or sorry, trade targets list, whatever. You yeah. know, Number Frank. three. Thank you, Frank. Number, Number three. Oh, Number... yeah, you didn't just put him in at 22. Saravalli single-handedly drives yeah. a lot of our off-season discussion. <laughs> and then <laughs> we love oh, yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Thanks, Elliot, dropping that during the intermission. of the cup. So there's so much to get to. So I'm looking forward to getting to it with the Murad and Mike. But we're having fun. People are in the chat. You know, yesterday, our most downloaded sh- podcast ever yeah so it speaks to nice work the interest uh people have in like what's going on with, the, with and there's a and there's so many other roster issues like which veteran d is going to get traded to make room for someone on forward yeah no shortage of topics in and around the hockey club as they say we'll chop those up with marad and mike a little bit later on in the program but dusty let's get to the next order of business the reason why you're here in addition to hanging out with us and yeah. joining us on winnipeg sports talk we got a big game to call tonight uh bombers tie cats gray cup rematch um, obviously the Bombers are 2-0, and but maybe haven't looked like they're quite in championship form yet. And uh, Hamilton coming yeah. in off of a dreadful blown lead at home last week against the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, what do you make of this matchup well, tonight? I, you know, I don't think either team's actually playing like you would expect them to play, or especially how they played last year, right? But the difference is the Bombers have found a way to win a couple against an Ottawa team that certainly looks better. I mean, we'll see how they play out once they actually play somebody else. And then the, the Ticats... I mean, week one was not good, and then week two might have even been more devastating, considering the fact that they they had such a huge lead and then let that slip away. Um, yeah, I just you need one drive, like you have to put together one drive in the second half to kind of put away the Calgary Stampeders, and they didn't do it. So you know, there's obviously some some moving pieces on, on both of these clubs. You know, the Bombers' offense is, you know, it's been good enough to win a couple of games, but by no means they're lighting the world on fire. But you lost Kenny Lawler, and I know you didn't have Harris for the whole season last year, but Harris still finished, I think, like third or fourth in the league in rushing in like yeah. seven games last year. So, <laughs> I mean, that's two massive pieces, and they're still trying to to work new guys into place. Uh, Dalton Schoen's been an interesting piece on offense for the Bombers. I was doing some prep. I think he's caught seven of the nine balls that have been thrown his way. So, he's been a nice addition, and Ellingson's been an amazing well, the crazy so thing is, I mean, we talked about all the continuity of the Blue yeah. Bombers. I mean, Ellingson and Schoen have been the top two receivers so far, and the guys that have been holdovers, Rasheed Bailey, Nick Dembski, Drew Olatarski, haven't had as much. But uh, to be honest with you, we can talk about those individual receivers. I think a big part of it, more than anything, has been the inability to really establish the run game like Bomber teams of the past few years have done with Andrew Harris. And I think there's a growing pressure on Brady Oliveira to have a breakout game, and Johnny Augustine is pushing him right now. Yeah, I mean, you look back at like last week's game, 14 carries for Oliveira, 7 for Augustine, and they were very close in total yards for the game. Johnny had a 6.8-yard average coming into this season. I think he was 6-1 last week. He's a guy that somehow you know, is so productive, you wonder whether we might see a more even split of carries or maybe even giving Johnny a little bit more opportunity out of the gate, not necessarily after a couple quarters of a stagnant run game. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting competition there because I think they're both pretty good backs. 
and uh, chatted with Osh earlier in the week, and he said he likes what both of them are doing. He goes, it's not like they're making bad plays or making bad reads. He said they just really haven't been able to generate much so far this season. But I, I do believe Augustine is the more explosive dynamic of the two. If you just look at their numbers throughout their career, the, the numbers kind of back it up. So, uh, you know, I, I do like the fact that they're giving Oliveira kind of the first crack at this, but um, you know, I, I, I think it might be an offense where eventually both those guys just settle into almost the same amount of touches per game. I think that might be the best case for it. And, you know, defensively, they've been good. I mean, they haven't had that huge dominating, oh, my God, look at the Bombers, 10, 12 sacks type of game. Um, but I think they've been good so far. And the one thing for the Ticats, just getting ready for this game and looking at it a little bit, they got to look after the ball. And their offensive line is banged up. And if if Jefferson and Jeffcoat are due for a big game, I mean, Dane Evans is going to have to be, like, on point, I think, tonight. And uh, I think it should be a really good game. I know they're not where they want to be at, the Ticats, but I I still – I like, I look at the rest of the East, and I, to me it's still the Ticats. I know they're off to an 0-2 start, but I still would think – if I had to take one team in the East that would be labeled as the best team 10 weeks from now, I think I'd probably still say Hamilton. Yeah, well, I mean, it's totally wide open. I mean, as I say, I think I'm still pretty high on the Argos. And again, they maybe had a gimme win that should have gone to Montreal. And then, of course, just quickly, a Montreal beatdown yeah, of the tough. Riders last night. And I know we hit this on the lock shop. This was a tough spot game for the Riders, um, but they didn't look very good in any aspect of the game. That being said, I think they've got way more to give than they showed last night at Montreal. Yeah, it was tough. Two road games in in a matter of, what, six days, and you lose Dan Clark, who is not just, I mean, he's an all-star in 2019. He's been there for 10 years. He's he's everything to that offensive line, right? Like, he's their leader. He's the guy who calls all the all the shots. Um, I I guess I sh- we shouldn't be surprised that their old line kind of got to take it to him a little bit without Dan Clark. So you hope, you know, with a little bit more experience together, that group kind of comes together. Or Cody Fajardo is going to be running for his life quite a bit. So they also lost uh, Evans in that game. He left, so they were missing a weapon there. Duke made a couple of nice catches, though. That was a pretty good game. But Montreal, for them, there's a lot of pressure on Montreal. Like, there's a lot of heat out there already. They start 0-2 uh, and, you know, lost a couple of really close games. And then they get Trevor Harris in there. Harris had your typical Harris night last night. He was like 16-22, a couple hundred yards, touchdown, managed the game pretty well. And then defensive special teams were huge for them. So that was a, that was a massive win. And to be honest with you, overall, for the state of the league, Riders are at two and one. Owls are now at one and two. Like it's good to see all these teams picking up victories. Well, I, I listen. I mean, the Elks, the team that you uh, have, yeah. been, I mean, they're zero and two. No one else in the West until last night had even lost a game right now, which sets up a very interesting battle of Alberta with the Elks, eight and a half point underdog. And we hit that on uh, today's lock shop. You can get that wherever you get uh, wherever you get podcasts. Up back on tonight's game. Um, you know, we were, of course, focusing on Winnipeg. Winston Rose isn't going to be able to play tonight. And Michael Kinsure out as well. We'll see that happens. Uh, what's the word on the Ticats coming in? You mentioned the offensive line pretty beat up. Yeah, offensive line is uh, is, is pretty beat up right now, uh, which, which is interesting because they haven't even, and this is probably because of the offensive line. It was injured coming into the season. It's got more banged up since the season started. But they can't run the ball at all. Like, if you go and look at, they don't even, really try to run the ball. Dane Evans leads them with 23 yards rushing through the first two games. So, you know, Thomas Erlington, uh, I think they got Malik Irons in there as well. They don't have Don Jackson yet. He's been hurt. I mean, he he was a huge piece last year in the playoffs. Jackson kind of helped take them to the next level. So uh, I'll be very interested to see if they actually, if they try to run the ball much at all. Tonight. They, they've got a lot of weapons in the receiving course, so maybe that's why they do it. And 
Evans told me earlier in the week that you know, when you look at the offense, a lot of how they get the running backs involved are on the little screen passes and you know checkdowns and things like that. So maybe watch for that a little bit. But they have not been able to run the ball, and that's a big part of it with the uh, with the uh, injured offensive line. Yeah, um, uh, what? Uh, how nervous are you that we now have some? Uh... We were just joking before the show about some legendary long delays yeah. that IG field with uh, weather systems that come. I thought that was just wait. thunder that struck, but it's something dropping behind us. Yeah. How prepared are you to have to tap dance for a couple hours on yeah. TSN waiting for a long extended uh, weather delay while everyone gathers in the rum hut and chugs Canadian club? Two things. Well, three things. I'd like to check out that rum hut one day. Yeah. I'd like to be you here. Would. I'd like to be here in the crowd one day. I, there's a few you. things. There's that was a shawarma place or something. Yeah, Abi Khan. Yeah, I'd like to go check that out too one time. Um, Send one up to the press box tonight. Well, Dwayne Ford always gets two. He comes in, goes down, gets two. It's his thing. Uh, But and then the other, I mean, one, if you can do a sports talk show for four hours during a pandemic with no sports, you can tap dance for a little bit. Uh, And second of all, I have this cool thing where when I if we don't want to talk more, I just go let's send it back to Kate in the panel. So that's probably what's going to happen tonight if it, if it has to happen. So I'm not overly uh, concerned about being on the air for a few hours. Well, hopefully that won't be the case. As I say, it's really nice outside right now, but we have heard all week that there's the potential for some severe weather. So we certainly hope that, uh, you know, it holds off at least for the majority of the game. Uh, and, of course, the Princess Auto tailgate parties, we mentioned uh, 5.30. That begins outside. They got a great deal, $5 beers, three fifty hot dogs, three fifty soft drinks. DJ Finesse will be spinning and i know the princess auto game will be a uh, gang will be there uh, giving out some great prizes and more and uh you know you've been why, why all... would just say why would you ever spend 350 on a soft drink when you can spend 350 on a hot dog <laughs> well listen yeah i would be a hot dog every single time well and, and and i would say especially knowing that once you get into the games and beers will be significantly more investing your beer money dollar. outside yeah that being said i think everyone that's with us today is taking advantage of the best beer around here at little brown jug uh, and uh They'll be we'll be ready to go for kickoff tonight, <laughs> shall we say? You've been all around. I mean, how would you compare the atmosphere and the vibe here in Winnipeg over the last couple of years doing games to some of the other areas in and around the Canadian Football League? Yeah, I, I, without without I mean, everybody knows it's it's awesome. <laughs> like here, and I don't want to say it, but uh, Regina does a pretty good job too. Like those are the those are the two big ones. I mean, some of the other places. Uh, you know, BC, actually, that game one, I was in BC for that game oh. one when they had uh, the band playing before and they had a huge party outside. I'm walking down and usually you're walking down to a Lions game and you don't see anybody to get next to the Terry Fox statues. This one, they had two blocks locked off. Biff Naked was playing a concert. It was just absolutely packed. There was 35,000 in a BC place. The second level was open. It was That was a really good atmosphere. But I think on a regular basis, and I don't get out east very much, so I mostly just kind of roll around in the west. Uh, you know, Commonwealth, they haven't won a game at home there in Edmonton in almost a thousand days. So that atmosphere has kind of been a little bit of a buzzkill lately. Uh, and I'm not getting it. Hold on a funny, second. Funny, no, the next, yeah. Back that up. Yeah. They haven't won a home game. This is on, we did this on the broadcast Saturday night. And, you know, Victor Kui, a lot of great energy. The president there, he's going to turn that vibe around a little bit. But uh, when we did our game on Saturday, it had been 980 days since their last home win because the one season was canceled. And then they didn't win a game at home last year for the first time ever. Incredible. So, yeah, and their next home game, it will be 1,000 days between uh, between victories if they get one in their, if their next one. So, so that, needless to say, that atmosphere hasn't been overly great lately. So, I mean, it's, it's Regina and Winnipeg. They're both absolutely phenomenal places to go and broadcast a football game. And from a selfish broadcaster's perspective, they're both great locations to broadcast a game. Like most of these, McMahon, you're way up high. 
everywhere else, you're kind of at the end of that first level. It's great. I absolutely love it. McMahon is a dump, and the Saddle Dome is not far behind it. You know, it's so funny. Calgary does Calgary. need an upgrade. Oh, my yeah, God. 100. Everybody in Calgary knows it, too. I mean, they they 100% could use it. It would be great. Put a, you know, what they propose there, that would be amazing. Well, hopefully that happens. Some good news for Sens fans. Uh, that sounds like they're getting a new downtown arena. And I, mean, I still can't believe they put that arena in Canada 20 years ago. And that's been a big, big uh, anchor, basically, yeah. on the franchise for a long time, just how difficult it is to get to the games. So good news for that. Hey, before we're done, let's quickly get to the cup final. Uh, yeah. Avalanche, one win away from getting it done. And, you know, we were talking earlier today, this could easily be 2-2, two -two, but you've got two overtime games that went in the Avalanche's favor. Uh, and what a bizarre way that that game finished up. And Nazem Kadri going straight legend. I mean, if you think about Kadri's playoff legacy, is for doing stupid things and hurting his team, getting suspended. Uh, pretty darn good way to uh, flip the script. Come back from injury ahead of schedule and score an OT winner. To put and jump on the away. ice early to score an OT yeah. winner. Classic, <laughs> oh, classic Kadri fashion. No, that's, I mean, a great story for him. Holy so I didn't even think, when you watch, you know, people look at Kadri at the morning skate, and I didn't even look, look like he could shoot the puck much. Like, I think that play that he made is probably all he kind of had. So, uh, you know, I thought Tampa Bay was going to win this series. So, I've... Definitely been wrong so far. I thought Vasilevsky was going to be the difference maker, and uh, Colorado has found a way to, I don't know, make him look relatively normal as far as Vasilevsky goes. So I think Colorado finishes it uh, tonight. We talked about it on the lock shop a little bit earlier on today. I think Colorado is going to get it done. But, uh, you know, the one factor is in elimination games, Vasilevsky is basically the greatest goaltender of all time. So, uh, you know, that you know if you're going to finish off the champ, though, Go do that. Like, go go knock these guys off. So we'll see what happens. I'm riding and dying with the lightning. We'll see what happens tonight. I'm going to take them tonight. And, I, and listen, part it's somewhat selfishly. I think all hockey fans would love to see a great six or seven game series. But, of course, we're both going to be busy at IG Field. Yeah, tonight, so right. let's give us a game six a little bit later on. Man, if Colorado wins tonight, they go 16 and three in the playoffs. That's insane. And that, beat a team no one's beaten in three years. Yeah, that, that I don't know how you have a better run than sixteen and three and eliminate the back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champions. No, there's no doubt about that. Dustin Nielsen's with us. It's Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We are live at Little Brown Jug. Marana Tesh coming up a little bit later on, and Mike McIntyre is going to join us live here. We've also got some uh, passes for the game tonight. Some Canadian Club social passes, which will get you into the game without an assigned seat and a CC and ginger. So. Uh, if, uh, if you're in the neighborhood, pop by. We might be able to hook you up. Uh, off tomorrow to BC. Yeah. And just, you know, you mentioned the scene for their home opener. I mean, that to me was the best thing that's happened in the Canadian Football League. Well, in a long time, maybe outside of finally getting the damn CBA signed. Yeah. And getting on <laughs> with the season. Uh, be interesting to see how things are for the next game. All that being said, though, I mean, what a great start for Nate Rourke, that team. Very interesting matchup against the Argos, uh, but also hoping to see some continued momentum for the team in that city where, you know, a decade plus ago, they consistently had some of the best crowds in the league. Yeah, it used to be a very good vibe down there in BC. And Amar Dolman, I, I think he remembers that. I think he knows what the organization is probably capable of. And that guy, I was talking about Victor Queen Edmonton, Amar Dolman in BC. We had him on. Uh, one of our broadcasts, right when he kind of took over, and you could just tell, like, he, not only is he energetic, but he's he's focused. Like, he he knows exactly what he wants to accomplish, and uh, you know, I think you're you're probably in a good spot where you can just go out and get one of your favorite bands. Like, he was really enjoying that show. I was like, this guy's living the life. Like, he just bought the BC Lions. He's bringing in, uh, and he's making you know he's making differences. He said he's going to you know charge lower prices at the concessions, and he'll just 
kind of take that hit and try to get people back in that way. I, I saw they're going to have the, the party again on Saturday. Couldn't get the two blocks shut down on the street, so they're going to have the party right outside the stadium, right in the Terry Fox Plaza there, which will be great as well because you know, there's a lot of people there, but there was room for more so they can slide that in, and that'll be a good time. And the most important thing, and we said this, I got I have Victor Quee on my show. We're kind of making it a weekly or bi-weekly thing here moving forward, and I talk about it with him all the time. Deliver a winner. You know, people want to go watch a winner. It's as simple as that. Don't give up 59. Yeah, yeah. Don't allow 59 points in the first game, and more people will probably watch. So uh, I think that's what the BC Lions, I think they're capable of doing it. I told you in Lockshop earlier today. I think their defense, uh, maybe not their D-line yet, little little raw still, but I think the rest of their defense is extremely capable. And Nathan Rourke is exciting. I don't care if this guy's from Canada, the United States, the moon, like he's a good young quarterback and he's fun to watch. So, well, and it's great for Canadian football to have a Canadian yeah. quarterback getting the opportunity. I'm really looking forward to that game. And, uh, but first things first tonight, man, great to see you. Always yeah, a pleasure fun. to hook up live in person. We, you know, we talk so much and, you know, it's just the weird state of the world right now. It's like you're seeing them all the time, yeah. but uh, there's nothing like uh, getting back out and uh, putting the headsets on and uh, doing it in person. Have a great weekend. Of yeah. course, you got a busy uh, tonight and then a quick turnaround. Quick flight what, tomorrow. What, 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 what are you What are you prepared for travel-wise tomorrow? Because as yeah. we all know, nothing is smooth right now. And man, doing back-to-back -back games, I imagine there's a lot of like prep in the plane. And I know that you've got a lot of sway here in Winnipeg, so I'm going to ask you this. If you could please somehow get a direct flight from Edmonton to Winnipeg on Air Canada or WestJet, that would be huge. Because I have to do this Edmonton, Calgary, Calgary, Winnipeg thing. And I was delayed an hour in Edmonton yesterday. And then luckily, my plane, this is the situation I'm in. I'm saying, luckily, my plane in Calgary was delayed an hour. So I didn't miss it because I was delayed in Edmonton. So it actually, uh, it ended up working out. But I I'm pretty sure last year there was a direct from Winnipeg to Edmonton. I feel like that was a thing, but it's not right now. So if you can deliver Barry Trotz and direct flights <laughs> from Edmonton to Winnipeg, I would be very grateful. Um, uh, who are you doing the game with tonight? And is it the same group tomorrow? Yeah, Glenn Suter and I will be together tonight, tomorrow. And shout out to Glenn Suter heading into the uh, media of wing of the Hall of Fame. I get to say I work with a Hall of Fame partner now. So that's... Uh, Pretty cool. My expectations have now been uh, taken a little bit higher. So thanks for having me, boys. Dusty, man. Remus, all, great job all over the here. Best. Look at this I guy. I know. Yeah. Just killing what it. What a guy. Eh? Okay, have a good show, boys. the whole thing up. That's great. Hey, James, if you have any uh, beer delivery trucks, if someone wants to deliver Dusty to the Delta, that would be nice. So we're going to get him back very soon. Um, that was great stuff with Dustin, obviously. Yeah, if you haven't, by the way, checked out our sports betting podcast with Cool Bet Canada, it's called The Lock Shop, wherever you're getting Winnipeg Sports Talk, Apple, Spotify, the like. Just put in the lock shop. Give us a sub and join us bi-weekly. And uh, that's going to increase as we get closer to the upcoming fall and NFL season. All right. Maratitesh coming up in just a few minutes. Big thanks to our friends at Culligan Water. Uh, needless to say, we're enjoying quite a few 1919s and other great little brown jug beers. Always important to hydrate. And, uh, when we're talking water, we're talking Culligan, who've been doing it for 65 years in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. They've got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Uh, 1200 Sergeant, 694-5180. Check them out online at drinkculligan.com. Uh, Popeye saw the gang at Manitoba Battery yesterday. Uh, what a great group Donnie has down there. If you have any battery needs, um, whether it be for a hot rod, a golf cart, uh, some of the other fun toys maybe on the water, don't waste your time 
and money at the big box stores. Shop local and uh, get the best deal in town at Manitoba Battery. Uh, you can find them over at 1026 Logan Avenue. Uh, best bet is to give them a buzz, 783-8787. The experts will get what you need, have it ready for you for a quick and easy pickup. And you can also check them out online at manitobabattery.com. And don't forget, spring and summer hours open until 8 p.m. during the week. And uh, hey, Big tent sale at Royal Sports coming up this weekend. If you've never been to a Royal tent sale, you definitely need to check it out. Winnipeggers love good deals, and there's no better deals than the Royal tent sale. Thousands of pairs of shoes and merchandise, all at a minimum of 50% off. Festivities get going tomorrow morning, 750 Pemina Highway, and go through until Sunday. Pop by and tell them your boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. And hey, it's a heater outside right now. A perfect day to maybe mix in a blizzard from our friends at the Nick and Nicky DQ. Four locations, DQ Northgate, DQ Niverville, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Um, had the stack burgers last week. They were phenomenal. Uh, but I heartily endorse the Reese's Pieces cookie dough blizzard. I can't believe how good that was. I've been thinking about it all week, and there will be another at some point this uh, evening. Uh, all right, Mike McIntyre is going to join us a little later on. But right now, let's welcome in our good friend Marat Atesh to join us on WST. Marat, what's going on? How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Huss. I, I got to admit, the beard's a little long, the hair's a little long, and I'm not with you live on site. So I <laughs> it would be great to have you here. We'll take a rain check, and we will do that at some point when uh, when you're back in town. Um, what a wild week for the Winnipeg Jets since we've seen it. Now, I would have thought that maybe by this point we would be talking about the new head coach. Is it Barry Trotz? Is it someone else? And then in the middle of all of this, Marat, take it easy, Dust. In the middle of all of this, Marat, we've got a Blake Wheeler trade possibility reported by a number of people saying that there might be mutual interest on both sides. And then, of course, we'll get to Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, Marat Atesha, the athletic with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, Marat Frank earlier this week uh, brought out the uh, the trade bait board. He updated it. He added Blake Wheeler, and they didn't just put him on the list. They put him at number three. We've heard Elliot Friedman report um, subsequently that there is a mutual interest both from the team and the player to potentially get a change of scenery. Um, is this surprising to you, and how realistic do you think is a Blake Wheeler trade at some point this summer? Um, how do I say this? Surprise, sort of, just in the sense that you know, he has the legacy in Winnipeg. He has status, uh, all of those sorts of things. The contract was signed with, you know, the sort of intention that he would, you know, play right through the end of it, I believe. I, I think that the $8.25 million contract that Blake Wheeler has was true north and Winnipeg's bet that he was the guy to lead them to that competitive Stanley Cup competing window that's supposed to be happening right now. Um, and certainly they got... You know, they did well in 2018 right before that contract. 2019 seemed like the pressure kind of got to things. Things fell apart towards the end of that year. Um, so I continue to think that the Jets and True North will absolutely do right by Blake Wheeler. But over the last, I'm going to say, few weeks, month, or what have you, um, my sense that doing right by Blake Wheeler might involve moving him has kind of grown. Um, and you can look at it from sort of, you know, all of our speculation about the year that was, the tension on the team, the difference between youth and veterans and all that sort of stuff. And maybe after so many years of that, a guy gets you know a little bit tired of it and is ready to move on. Maybe it's time for new voices amongst the team as well. Um, but yeah, I believe, like the insiders believe, and I'm sure know quite well, that at this point, 
you know, Winnipeg, I have heard, is floating Blake Wheeler's name and sort of looking to see if there's a, a fit. It's not incredibly far down the road to realization at this stage, but if they bring Blake Wheeler an option and a city and a, and a potential trade, I, I think that Wheeler would consider that. And that's new this summer compared to years past, as far as I can tell. Well, and, and certainly the fact that he is open to it. I mean, we talked about his contract changing from a full no move on July 1st to a modified no trade. It still is only five teams. But if the player is interested in moving on, um, obviously those five opportunities maybe grows and it makes it more realistic for something to happen. I couldn't help but laugh listening to Maurice yesterday, and we'll get to him and his new gig on with Jeff Merrick, talking about Blake Wheeler and gushing over. I think the line was, I can't believe a man that big can be that fast. And it got us thinking, you know, I'm not sure whether the timing was coincidental with Maurice going to South Florida. And now this rumor of Blake Wheeler being floated out there, there's certainly some cap issues and we'll see what happens if there is any movement on Bobrovsky in that $10 million deal. Um, But might there be a reunion of the captain and the coach down in the South Beach? I mean, it's one of those things like maybe like trots in early stages where before you've even heard a definitive sense that it's real, you just connect the dots and you start thinking to yourself, well, goodness, that, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? And, you know, I, I wouldn't speak for any of those insiders that have delivered the news and were first on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was a little bit of what went on for them too. The idea that perhaps, and again, I'm guessing, I'm not them, but perhaps Paul Maurice's signing was an impetus for them to check in with agents, with sources, with what have you, to see what the latest was. Um, because, you know, we know, and we've known for a while that Winnipeg had a tumultuous season. We know that there's... Um, you know, a lot of moving parts on that front. And even as recently as I think it was a month ago, you know, I was in conversation with some folks who thought that Wheeler was an evolving situation at that point. So coincidence, I don't know. Reunion, that would be a, I mean, that would be a heck of a stamp for Paul Maurice to make on that new team immediately. But I, I'm of the mind that they have a President's Trophy winning team. It's an offense first team by and large. Forwards are more or less being returned. They're already in caps, uh, in a bit of cap hell. They would ideally like to sign Giroux. I don't know that that's possible. I don't know how they feel about letting Mason Marchment walk. He was a big part of, of their success as well. He's an unrestricted free agent. And they're already entering um, that situation with only a few million dollars worth of cap space to work with. So then you'd need Winnipeg to eat an awful lot of money on Wheeler. You'd need Patrick Hornfist coming back, who is really the only outside of Sergei Bobrovsky overpaid relative to what he brings player on the Panthers roster. And if you're Florida, I don't know. I I mean, you'd really be trusting Paul Maurice on that one because I think that with Barkov, Cuberto, um, Lundell, uh, the various Sams, Reinhardt and Bennett, I think that they're already stacked in the type of role that you might imagine Blake Wheeler playing on that team. So it would be a Paul Maurice fingerprint if ever there were one. Well, what did you think about the hiring of Paul Maurice? I mean, and, and and is it a good fit? I mean, we've seen a lot of Maurice. It's funny. We talk about a team that had a lot of uh, like offensive talent and had a real tough time playing defense. Sounds like another team we uh, know quite well, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Well, you know what? I like Paul Maurice, and I like his ability to motivate people, to generate buy-in. I like the way that he navigates those, you know, those more difficult scenarios with players and, and is – you know, like Blake Wheeler and other veterans have said over the years, you know, very, very much a human being who sees them as a person first. There there are reasons to like Paul Maurice leading a group of veterans. 
at the same time, I mean, my first reaction to that is, what is Florida doing moving on from uh, President's Trophy situation? Andrew Burnett had a ton of success. Um, the sort of resume he has early in his career is the sort of thing that could lead years down the road. It could be the, that first real uh, mark of what becomes a tremendous coaching career. And certainly Paul Maurice coming out of Winnipeg with the way that he exited, with the sense of heart not being in the game, with Winnipeg and its results flagging compared to how good you'd expect them to be on paper, the various issues that we've seen on the ice and, you know, I've started to hear rumbles about off the ice. It just seems like an odd time to make that specific change uh, for a veteran group ready to win immediately. And even as I say that, though, I think there's enough quality there in the coach and enough studying best practices from around the league and enough quality from that playing group that you could imagine a lot of success in that match, even as awkward as the as the introduction might be. Uh, Marana Tesh of The Athletic talking Jets and more with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We're hanging out live with our friends at Little Brown Jug down on William Avenue. If you're uh, in the neighborhood, pop down and see us. We'll go till about three or so and then kick it and have a few pints with some friends afterwards before tonight's big bomber game. Well, you would think that that would be the biggest story of the week, um, but they weren't done yet. Uh, Elliot Friedman with... Now, listen, I don't think this is really that newsworthy, to be honest with you, considering nothing has really changed so far for the team since the end of the year. There's still no coach. They haven't made the moves. We knew the way things were. That being said, that didn't prevent a lot of Winnipeg Jet fans from being uh, bent when they heard uh, that uh, the plan as of now is for Pierre-Luc Dubois to test unrestricted free agency in two years. Um, uh, what do you make of this, Marat? I mean, how nervous should Winnipeg Jet fans be or... Is this just essentially, um, you know, until things change and they get over into, you know, moving into this next season, regardless of what his contract is, pretty tough to, you know, establish a reason for a guy to stay long term right now until you see the direction the team's going in. Yeah. And, you know, what? I, if I have to guess from where we're sitting today, we are, in fact, looking at a Jacob Truba type scenario where we're looking at a one year arbitration deal this summer and. Uh, next summer, we're probably looking at a move. That's how I imagine this thing going, although the huge cap is it's too soon because, like you say, no coach, no new direction, all of that sort of stuff. But the unfortunate thing is um, that what Friedman reports, this idea that Pierre-Luc Dubois has let the Jets know he plans to test the UFA waters in 2024, well, that tracks with what I've been hearing separately from that as well. And I don't think that um, you know, I don't think that this player is headed towards a long-term resolution in Winnipeg. I really don't do. I don't. So a, a couple of weeks ago when I wrote the four paths that Pierre-Luc Dubois could take this offseason, you know, I start with the discussion of a one-year deal this year and a trade next next year because that's what I believe is the most likely based on what I've been hearing as well. And the other reason I'd compare it to Truba was, well, in that last season, he was a Jet 2018-2019. He played a big role for the Jets. He was a good teammate. He did all the things that he could. That was the year everybody was getting hurt. He ended up playing on the power play quite a bit. I think he hit 50 points that year. I mean, there are ways for Pierre-Luc Dubois to eventually no longer be a Winnipeg Jet that involve him delivering another very, very strong season. And then the final caveat after all those words is, there's still time to turn it all around to maybe convince him to stay and all those sorts of things. That's real. That's real until, uh, until he's no longer a Winnipeg jet. It's just that that's my read of the situation right now is there's not a lot of long-term optimism for Dubois in the city. 
you know, I mean, we've been talking so much about Shifley's situation. We knew that there was an effect on Dubois. Learning this news, and if he is fully committed and they know that they're going to have a very tough time getting it done, does that change what the future is for Mark Shifley with the Winnipeg Jets in your mind, Murat? Both both individuals under team control for two more years. Yeah, for me, I think it would have to. I think it would have to. Winnipeg, to my mind, is not engaging in this all-in process on Barry Trotz uh, for the purposes of a rebuild. This is not a team that's about to blow it up no matter what happens. And, you know, to the team's credit, to Kevin Sheveldayoff's credit, the last time they were painted into a similar corner, it was with Patrick Laine and Jack Roslovic to a lesser degree, and they yielded Pierre-Luc Dubois in that trade. And not only did Dubois have the season that he just had, but he had one extra cheap year on his deal compared to Line. There are reasons to like that trade quite a bit. It was quite a rabbit out of the hat. So maybe there's a chance they do it all over again, as difficult as that seems and sounds to me. At the same time, the moment that Pierre-Luc Dubois' future is at risk, as I believe that it is, Mark Shifley becomes an incredibly important uh, foundational piece unless you're also trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat and moving him for, you know, a, a second line center on his way up or something to that effect. It's such a difficult position to be in. I think it's very important to acknowledge that for all of the controversy around Shifley's end of season words, he didn't say anything that can't be walked back if he is a Winnipeg Jet for the next couple of years or maybe even longer. I'm not sure that that's necessarily going to happen. You know, simply it was a frustrating season and I wanted to, you know, take a moment and think about it. And look, we're here to win now is all he is all he's got to do. And I, I do think that Mark Shifley becomes less likely to be traded, the more likely that Pierre-Luc Dubois' future is in doubt. All right. Uh, we've got some breaking news right now. And this is from Darren Drager. This is the verified, <laughs> verified account. Not what we were hoping to hear, Murad. From Dregs, sources say Barry Trotz has decided not to immediately jump back into coaching. Trotz informed the Winnipeg Jets of his decision today and intends on continuing to focus on his family. Trotz acknowledged how difficult the decision was not to accept the head coaching job in Winnipeg. Dregs goes on to say, Trotz is taking time to do what he needs to do personally, but doesn't rule out returning to coach down the road. He was deeply appreciative of Winnipeg Jets owner Mark Chipman, GM Kevin Sheveldayoff, and all involved in this process and their commitment to winning. The Winnipeg Jets will advance in their hiring process and will immediately begin scheduling second interviews with while expanding their candidates list as well. Um, uh, there you go, live on the air. We're getting the news, Barry Trotz not coming to Winnipeg. That'll be a big disappointment to many Jet fans. Certainly a disappointment to us. It would have been, uh, I mean, we talked so much why this would have been a fit made in heaven. We knew there was far, far from any guarantees if this does turn out to be the case, uh, where do the Winnipeg Jets go from here, Murat? Wow. Well, I mean, that's big news and uh, and tough news for Winnipeg Jets fans, to be sure. And like I said earlier, I mean, as recently as yesterday, I heard a continued sense of optimism. So I believe what Dreger reports that, you know, Tross's decision would have been very, very difficult. I also think that, you know, myself and I'm sure others as well have written to the effect that, you know, it as the coaching carousel has filled up, it seems as though uh, it's more about Trotz versus himself and his own decisions and his own needs as opposed to the Winnipeg Jets or not. And I think I've written a couple of times on that front as well. Now, where do they go? And, you know, you asked this question earlier when it was just a hypothetical before this breaking news. I know Jets fans will be disappointed, but like I said, uh, I continue to believe that there are quality candidates out there beyond the number one guy with respect 
to Barry Trotz. And Jim Montgomery is a name that I've heard as a valid second option uh, a couple of times from a couple of places. Uh, that's a situation where when you talk about second interviews or expanding the list, I think that that's the most veteran, most established, most on his way up and celebrated coach that I believe to be on the on the Jets shortlist at this point. So that's one name that I would keep my eyes on. Like I say, I continue to believe Scott Arneal would play a, a substantial role on the coaching staff next year. Um, it continued to be my belief as recently as earlier this week that that associate coach role that I wrote about uh, earlier is is still there for him. So that continues to be an option, but this is a major pivot and good on Barry Trotz for doing it today to get Winnipeg. I mean, next week, like we talk about the timeline to really sort itself out in advance of that draft. What are we going to do with all this beer? Guess we're, guess we're going to have to drink it. We'll start working on that after the show. I'm going to give you a Crescentwood address. Okay. I'll text that to you in a second. Here, yes, we're going to start making some deliveries in and around here. Um, you know, you know, Marat, the, uh, the, the, I mean, listen, this is um, not, and we're just finding this out basically live as we're doing the show, and I'm sure there'll be more developments going forward. You do make a good point, though. I mean, to, to drag this out if it's not going to happen, uh, it does give the Winnipeg Jets an opportunity to then make the pivot, and I know they've been planned for this, knowing that this was an absolute possibility. Here's one name, and listen, I'm not going to sit here and say I know a lot, but I didn't pay a ton of attention to his team this year, but... Could there be a better story going forward if it's not Trotz than Andrew Brunette coming to coach the Winnipeg Jets with Paul Maurice now taking his spot in South Florida with the Panthers? You know, it's funny. I've heard some distant, like, three times through the telephone wire speculation about Andrew Brunette in Winnipeg as well. I don't know if there's anything to that whatsoever, but can you imagine? There's so many reasons. Not only having himself bumped essentially by Paul Maurice to get out of Florida, which, you know, is, uh, is a substantial move. I'm sure that Burnett is fuming about missing out on the opportunity to coach there again next season. Um, but also think about all the nerds out there, all the analytics analysts who have been looking forever for a really scientific study of coaching impacts, just flip-flop two coaches from one team to another year over year. We've got the best study that there ever was in terms of what coaching can do to impact a team. And then from that sort of castaway phenomenon that, you know, that Vegas golden Knights in 20, 2018, where it was us against the world forever and ever. Well, could you imagine just the amount of motivation in Burnett right now to prove an awful lot of people wrong? I think that it would be such a fun place if Winnipeg happened to be that place for him. I mean, the narratives write themselves going in, and there would be a real FU mentality, I'm sure, to Andrew Burnett, wherever he gets his opportunity. But if it was to come to Winnipeg, and to your point, essentially a flip-flop from two coaches and two teams, um, uh, it, it certainly would give us the best uh, the best bit of data on swapping rosters with two coaches to uh, to see what's, uh, what's happening. Um, I guess you've had no shortage of uh, topics to get at your uh, pieces for The Athletic these days, and uh, that's not changing anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. No, we've got the mailbag going up right now, and I'm sure that the number of question in, questions in it just doubled over the last five minutes since Dreger's report. I mean, this is big, so we'll pursue the rest of the, the Jets coaching search as well, of course. Uh, got a couple of feature stories in the in the works that you know I, I hope I can deliver on in a way that is satisfying in the end so I won't tease too much of those necessarily I do have in advance of the draft I have 
a story that I'm really excited about, about some of the, some of the more impressive picks in Jets draft history as well. Um, and so there'll be some coverage on that. But this is a get-your-popcorn, tumultuous, seismic offseason for the Winnipeg Jets. And yeah, you're absolutely right. The no shortage of topics. We'll be writing an awful lot about it at The Athletic. Coach, captain, star player with unrestricted free agency. Yeah, I mean, listen, I know this is a smaller market and not one of the bigger name teams, but there is not a more interesting spot in the National Hockey League right now for the offseason than right here with the Winnipeg Jets. And listen, it gives us a lot, of to- a lot to talk about and it certainly gives you a lot to write about. Uh, and I do have a feeling like these next couple of weeks and then, of course, the couple months following, um, you know, will be the most pivotal we've seen since this team came back to Atlanta. And it sounds like the uh, job and the work of uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff got a little bit more challenging over the course of the past 20 minutes. Can I just throw one thing out there as well? Because this is going to feel like dark days for Jets fans. This is going to feel like... You know, first of all, Barry Trotz was supposed to be the, okay, the roster is in a tumultuous situation, but we're going to get the number one guy. That was supposed to be what made Jets fans happy right now. And I think that because of the potential for moves and big names and all that sort of stuff, there could be some darker moments in Jets fandom in the coming weeks as well. But if we zoom out a little bit, if you're looking for that redemption story a year, two years, or whatever in the future, maybe even sooner than that, I mean, this is still a team with good people in good positions, whether it's a Josh Morrissey, a Kyle Connor, a Nikolai Ehlers. As long as Kyle, Connor Hellebuck is in net, a team has a chance to win games, and he looks like he's going to be in net for the next couple of seasons as well. You know, if you're looking for turnaround stories that started in awful places, you look for quality pieces in important situations. And Winnipeg does have a few of those that I just like to remind everybody about at this time when sort of everything's on fire and it looks like uh, things could get awfully dark in the next little while. It's considered when we get to the draft, um, because I mean, I think honestly, everything is pretty much on the table minus, you know, a couple of players that I couldn't imagine wrapping my head around the team moving on from. Um, do you think that, you know, if it's not Barry Trotz and, you know, you would think that the immediate possibility of a turnaround might be lessened that this might have a significant impact on the direction of the decisions that Kevin Dayoff makes. I mean, we've talked a lot about the draft. The Jets have the two picks right now. We have heard scuttle, but that maybe this is a point that, you know, they actually do begin to go younger, almost similar to what happened after 2015. You know, that's a great point and great question. I think that there's the one step in the middle is those secondary coaching options. And, you know, if it's a first-time NHL head coach, then you might look for that younger direction or that movement because the theory is they'll grow together as a group. Um, but if they're still in, as um, I don't have this today, but like a few days ago, still believe Jim Montgomery to be a viable second option, like I say, if they're still looking at a coach who is on the way up, who has coached an NHL team, whose systems have been described as, as quite modern and all of those sorts of things, there's still room to believe that the roster quality that Winnipeg had last year was playoff quality under the right coaching. I I still believe that if they can't hit on those second options on that next group, um, that next circled list, uh, then, then you do have to think about that. I think, and Winnipeg having two first round picks, having an option to grab that second round pick this year from St. Louis, um, you know, there are ways to transition towards a younger roster. There, there certainly are. And then you would see, you know, with a little bit more certainty players like Blake Wheeler and otherwise, 
perhaps on the way out because I just can't imagine in addition to everything that's gone on, you know, a retool or a rebuild to be incredibly palatable for them. It would really be about the next generation, the Kyle Connors, the Nick Ehlers and, and, and so on and so forth. Hmm. Wonder if you'll have anything to write about heading into the weekend. <laughs> Get to well, it. My friend, <laughs> listen, uh, we miss you here. We'll see you when you get back to the peg. Thanks so much for doing this, Murat. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Right on. You too, us. Thank you. There it is, Murat Atesh of The Athletic. If you're just jumping in right now, Darren Drager reporting just in the last 10 minutes or so that Barry Trotz has informed the Winnipeg Jets he's decided not to jump back into coaching at this point. We'll focus on his family which means it's on to plan B for Winnipeg. And we'll get to that with Mike McIntyre coming up in just a second. Uh, as we mentioned uh, earlier today, um, got the Travelers going on the PGA Tour. Uh, big, big game a day yesterday for Rory McIlroy. He's on the course right now. Pat Cantley was the leader as Rory was teeing off at nine under par. Of course, when we talk golf on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk, we do it for our friends at Breezy Bend. If you're looking for a great long-term home for you and your family on one of Winnipeg's best private courses, Breezy is the spot. Give them a call. Corey Johnson will fill you in on getting in on the waiting list, or you can find out more online at breezybend.ca. Looking forward to seeing the Not Fellas down at the game tonight. Of course, not great for supporters of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, the place that you're going to want to start any vehicle search here in the city of Winnipeg. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot team? And if you're thinking about going electric, they've been the Tesla leaders in Winnipeg for years. They've got a great Tesla experience program right now, which will fill you on everything involved in moving from a traditional to an electric vehicle. Not Autocorps at Waverly and McGilvery. And uh, online at knot.c. Hey, um, of course, we're here live at uh, Little Brown Jug. Uh, just a great atmosphere today. Uh, this, there's a lot going on, a lot of work happening. Um, although, maybe they won't have to do an extra run of beer because, uh, as we said, Barry Trott's apparently not coming to Winnipeg. We'll discuss that with Mike McIntyre coming up in just a second. Uh, but if you've never been down here before, you got to come check it out on William Avenue. Just done some amazing improvements out to the patio as well. And from three to five on Saturday and on Friday and Saturday, it's happy hour, dollar off all pints. And of course, you can pick up uh, all your little brown jug favorites to take home when you pop in right here in the exchange at William Avenue. All right, let's get Mike McIntyre in here. Uh, lots to get to with Mike. Mike, come on, jump up here and uh, we'll throw the headset on and get right into it. Um, well, first of all, it is great to have you here. Um, you know, I thought we might, uh, you know, you're going to want to turn that around that way. Uh, I thought that we might, you know, kind of talk bombers a little bit about, but uh, listen, you've just been here. I'm sure you've been checking your phone. Uh, quick reaction to what we've heard. Uh, Barry Trotz, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Citing the, the desire to spend more time with his family, which, of course, Jets fans would say, you could have spent a lot of time with your family if you were coaching the Jets. <laughs> Good your point, fam Mike. Your family's right here in your own backyard. Uh, obviously, a, a real tough pill to swallow. They were all in on Barry Trotz. Um, you know, obviously, they, they've looked at other candidates, but this was the guy that that they've been focusing on for day one. He's the, you know, the biggest free agent coaching fish out there and they were hoping to land him and not just what he might have brought to the organization um, in terms of his pedigree and, you know, the various systems that he employs, but I think just the, um, 
the shot in the arm, the jolt that it would have given to the fan base, to the community. I mean, the Jets are coming off a, a very disappointing year, of course. Missed the playoffs, seventh time in 11 years. Um, off the ice, you know, they didn't sell out a single game this past season, and that was something that you know, we wouldn't have even imagined would have been the case. And yes, there's a lot of reasons for that. Obviously, the pandemic played a, a significant role, but I think they were hoping that Barry Trotz would uh, uh, would hitch his wagon to this team and that they would kind of carry that momentum into a real big offseason. Well, I mean, and I've said this a, you know, a number of times before. I mean, there was a number of angles to a potential Trotz hire. Part of it was the guys, and we know what he did with the turnaround in New York. Right. We saw what he did with Washington. I mean, his coaching resume speaks for itself. But if the Winnipeg Jets were able to do that, um, certainly in my opinion, it would immediately turn around a lot of the erosion of the fan base and maybe the confidence in the direction of the club. This hasn't happened now. No. Where does this leave the Winnipeg Jets as we head into the weekend with a lot of work to do before we get to Montreal in the first round of the draft? You know, I wonder if this will be a little easier to digest for folks in that the Jets didn't lose Barry Trotz to another organization. They lost him to his family because, you know, he's not going to be behind a different NHL bench. That probably would have been the ultimate slap in the face to see him coaching another team. You know, a lot of folks worried it was going to be Vegas and there was even talk of potentially Florida. We know Barry Trotz talked to a number of teams and obviously it wasn't just what the Jets were selling that didn't convince him. He wasn't convinced by any team. That being said, I mean, he hasn't ruled out coaching down the road. Could Barry Trotz one day be the coach of the Winnipeg Jets? He's obviously not getting any younger. He's 59. I mean, I think you have to proceed now with the idea. I doubt they're hiring a guy on a one-year deal right. just you're, to you're, see what's happening next yeah, summer and go through this again. They already rent the interim route for half of last season, and that didn't work out very well. So, I mean, you want to obviously uh, bring now somebody in, whoever your plan B is, uh, that, that you envision leading this team for years and getting them to where you believe Barry Trotz could get them. Um, that's not going to be easy. And we know that the pool of potential candidates has shrunk considerably just in the last week or so while the Jets have been waiting. Now, I, I don't believe the Jets were ever going to bring John Tortorella in, for example. Uh, we know they maybe had some interest in Bruce Cassie. Doesn't sound like that was mutual. Uh, Pete DeBoer, perhaps that was a guy they would have looked at. We know he's very close with Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice remained close with True North. Were they doing any of that, though? Because, I mean, it seemed that they were so all in on Barry right. Trotz that going down that road with one of the other guys, knowing that they wanted Trotz more than anyone, it didn't really seem like that was part of the, the procedure. Yeah, and so those ships have sailed, and I agree. I mean, I think they, they've done some very minor exploratory work on other candidates, but they're really going to have to play catch up in a sense. I mean, we know Boston and Detroit also have coaching vacancies, so they are still in competition with a couple other teams, but the majority of teams that had for hire signs up, they've now filled those spots. Uh, looks like Chicago is hiring Luke Richardson, the report today. Uh, so the Jets still do have some competition for the remaining candidates out there, um, we know Jim Montgomery is somebody that has been talked about for some time. There's the obvious connections to the organization. I do wonder, Huss, and, and you know, this thought crossed my mind the other day when the Paul Maurice hiring was announced. I think a lot of folks within the hockey world were surprised that Andrew Brunette 
was let go. And, and while it appears they've tried to extend him an olive branch saying, hey, you can stay on in your old job, uh, it appears Andrew Burnett is ready to tell them to take a hike. Um, you wonder if the Jets and I suppose Chicago or Detroit and, and Boston would be wise to do it as well. But this is a guy that just led a team to the president's trophy. Uh, and and did so pretty much from the beginning of the season. He took over, I think, after six or eight games from Joel Quenville. So if you want, and he's a young guy, a guy that, you know, potentially is going to be around a long time, um, you know, maybe there's a silver lining here that that a few days ago didn't even exist, right? Wouldn't that be, uh, I was just mentioning this to Marat (laughs) before, uh, before you jumped on, I mean, I mean, for those of us in the media that like juicy storylines, I mean, Andrew Brunette getting bounced by Maurice after the job that he did last year and then going to take over his club. As Rob mentioned, you know, for all the analytics nerds out there that want good comparables, literally switching coaches from team to team would give you a pretty incredible Freaky freaky Friday in the hockey world. Uh, and it would certainly make the uh, the first Jets uh, Panthers meeting of the season next year. Oh my God! A juicy one. The, the NHL schedule is supposed to come out in a couple weeks from now, and uh, maybe the schedule makers would uh, would call an audible and have a Jets Panthers season opener if that were to be the case. I mean, I got to think Andrew Brunette is somebody. Oh, that would be he's, so he's good. A, he's a brilliant <laughs> hockey mind, and he's coming off a terrific campaign. I got to think he lands somewhere and there's only three spots left unless someone else creates an opening. Uh, why not Winnipeg? Um, you know, he's a guy, there's got to be a massive chip on his shoulder right now. Oh man. Like Andrew Harris size. <laughs> right. So, you know, if the jets feel like they kind of got stung a little bit by the trots decision, maybe there's a way to kind of lick those wounds pretty quickly with a guy like Andrew Burnett. Well, let me just mention that. I mean, I know you've been on this, and as well as many of your colleagues in the uh, Winnipeg media. Um, How do you think this is received right now within Trudor? Do you think this is stunning, or do you think they knew very much that this was going to be difficult to get done, and, you know, they were always knowing that they had to be ready if, in fact, they got this word from Trotz? Yeah, I think they had an indication that if Barry Trotz indeed did want to continue coaching, that they were right there, that, that, that they were going to be given, you know, serious consideration. But I do think they were aware that, you know, perhaps Barry wasn't 100% committed uh, to immediately jumping back. He's getting behind. $4 million to do nothing he this is. year. I mean, that's an important to note. And, you know, uh, he's obviously, his last few years have been very eventful, right? Wins the Cup in 2018, goes to a new organization the following year, and now after two straight, you know, uh, Eastern Conference final appearances and then a very trying year, clearly for Trots and that entire Islander organization from playing the first hundred games on the road it seemed to start because their arena wasn't ready massive COVID outbreak that they had to actually play through uh, basically with an AHL roster and then you know they, they finished strong but they obviously missed the playoffs and then the disappointment of of being fired um, I, I think they were aware that Barry Trotz wasn't necessarily all in the same way the Jets were all in on him um, I suppose they would have liked to hear this from him you know probably a week or two ago um, but better now than we heard that he may wait until July 1st, yeah. right? So that's still a week away. And if you're the Jets, I mean, can you imagine if Barry Trotz waited another week and let's say Andrew Burnett is then hired in the next few days by by Detroit, by Boston, 
um, Jim Montgomery maybe is high. Like then you really are are left out in the cold and forget about Plan B or even C or D. Like you're way down the alphabet now trying to fill that spot. Um, so I, I'm sure that there's some real disappointment. As I said, I think it's offset a little bit by the fact that he didn't spurn them to go to another team. That might have felt like a, a more significant slap in the face. Um, but for sure, they, they they were really hoping to bring Barry Trotz here and kind of build a real campaign around it. And obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, it certainly increases the uh, the pressure on Kevin Sheveldayoff right now. I mean, I think there was a thought that if Trotz joined the organization, uh, you know, he obviously wanted to have some sort of a path into management. Right. There'd be another voice, another influence. He is not there. It is Chevy's show running forward. He's got to find his guy. And then, you know, we may as well get into this right now. Um, you know, some significant player moves to come. And I know we spent a lot of time talking about Mark Shifley for obvious reasons right. last year with his play, what he had to say at the end of the season. And, of course, his contract, his production, and the value that one team would get. Different story with Blake Wheeler. And I think just because of the contract and the fact that he's been the captain – you know, we spent more time thinking about Shifley. Um, very interesting to hear that, you know, both the team and the player might be open to a move. Um, easier said than done, though, with that contract. It'll be fascinating to see if they can get that done and how that trade looks, Mike. Yeah, you know, the Blake Wheeler situation is a real interesting one because we know Blake Wheeler, his window is closing. He's got two years left on, on a deal that I suspect is is his last um, you know, in two years, two more years from now, he's probably out of the league. Um, maybe, you know, depending on how these next two years go, we obviously had a very serious injury this year that cost him some games. But the fact is he recognizes that that window is closing. And and what's one thing he doesn't have on his resume is a Stanley Cup. Blake Wheeler obviously believed that they could accomplish that goal here in Winnipeg. And in 2018, it looked like they were getting real close. They've obviously now taken, you know, some significant steps back. And the Jets potentially are going to get even younger here, depending on how this offseason shakes out. So if you're Blake Wheeler and you're you're weighing, you know, how these next two years might play out, the idea of of maybe helping your old team or your current team in the Jets by waiving a no trade that could maybe get you closer to what your goal is. If, if there's a contender out there, a legitimate immediate contender that believes Blake Wheeler could be a piece that gets them over the top. You know, I think that's something that the jets would obviously be wise to explore. And I guess good on Blake Wheeler, if he's open to the idea as well. Um, but it certainly creates another intriguing dynamic to what is already going to be a very interesting off season. If, if suddenly we're talking about not just potentially Mark Shifley being traded, but Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Well, I mean, at that point, Maurice gone. I mean, once those two guys are gone, I mean, you sort of get into now, there's Jets 2.0. This would be Jets 2.0 in right. a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, you're moving on from that first decade where there's been a lot of consistency amongst those players. Where's the gain for the Winnipeg Jets if they trade Blake Wheeler? Because he's still a very productive player. We know that he's got a massive presence within the organization. Um, why do you think the organization is going down this road? Right. Well, and then, you know, to, to take it even a step further uh, and open up maybe a real big Pandora's box, if you're a guy like Connor Hellebuck, who's also two years from being an unrestricted free, are, are you now saying, wait a minute, what's going on here? Like, are we trying to win a cup here in the next couple of years? Or are we doing maybe not a full-blown rebuild, 
but a longer a, a longer retool. Um, and if that's the case, I mean, does somebody like Connor Hellebuck enter the equation of what could we maybe turn him into now to expedite the process? I mean, these are this is potentially taking on, I guess, an even bigger um, view than than one would have anticipated when the off season began. And so, you know, I, I wonder how Barry Trotz, for example, not joining the team, how that potentially impacts all this. Clearly, Barry Trotz at the age of 59, if he had come to Winnipeg, he's not coming here with the idea of we're going to contend in three to five years from now. Uh, he, he would be coming here with the idea that we're going to immediately do everything we can, spend to the cap ceiling, make all the personnel moves that, that we believe are required to get our team you know, immediately into Stanley Cup contention. If they're taking a slightly different route now because there's not going to be trots, if it's going to be a younger coach, maybe one that they feel they have a longer runway with, does that now apply to the roster configuration? And do they look at whether or not uh, they want to take a, a look at the bigger picture as opposed to the short term? So, you know, these are obviously decisions. And I think to tie in another storyline from this week, maybe not surprising to hear from Pierre-Luc Dubois' camp that he is preferring to take a wait-and-see approach because this is a team right now that is kind of at a crossroads, and and he wants to see which direction they choose before he signs on the dotted line and, and you know, what will be the most important decision of his career. Well, listen, I mean, I know when people saw that report from Elliot Friedman, they naturally everyone says, oh, he wants out, he wants to get out. I mean, that's not really the case. I'm going to tell you, I'm leaving all my options open, and, right. you know, I think the most likely thing is I'm going to go to UFA. The onus is now on the Jets in the next year to create a situation that is attractive enough to Pierre-Luc Dubois that he doesn't go down that road. Right. Um, but, I mean, listen, they don't have a coach. There's nothing really that's changed from last year. We all remember how last season ended. Did anyone expect it to be what, is he going to walk down to True North going, hey, where do I sign this eight-year yeah. deal? <laughs> Not knowing. I mean, there is a lot of work for this organization to do to convince a player like that to be a cornerstone piece of the future. And... Uh, the work to get that done is going to take a lot longer than a couple weeks in the offseason. For sure. And so, you know, it, it's a risk for sure. If you're the Jets, um, you'd like to get some 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 long-term stability with a cornerstone piece like Pierre-Luc Dubois sooner rather than later. And, you know, in this market, of course, we saw what happened with Jacob Trubo. We just saw what happened with Andrew Kopp. Naturally, there's this feeling when a guy doesn't immediately commit long-term, you know, oh, great, here we go again. I'll say this about Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, and just based on on the way he played, the way he conducted himself off the ice last year, he. I know some people now want to cast him as a guy that doesn't care, a guy who's only looking out for himself. Uh, I certainly didn't see a player like that. I saw a guy whose give-a-damn meter was dialed sky-high, nearly every night on the ice you look at you know as this as the losses mounted and the frustration mounted who is the guy time after time facing us in the media post game it was Pierre-Luc Dubois and a number of other young players Kyle Connor Nikolai Ehlers you know that next generation that next leadership group Josh Morrissey in there as well uh, and so he sounded like a guy who deeply cares but I think because of that he wants to Read carefully here. He's twenty. He's uh, twenty-four as of today. Happy birthday, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, twenty-four years old today. So you know, in two years from now, he'll be twenty-six. 
if you're talking about an eight-year deal, I mean, that's that's the bulk of your playing base. Absolutely. And in addition to that, the salary cap, which was frozen last year, is only going up $1 million this year. There's certainly a belief and a hope in the NHL that in a two or three years from now, there could be a considerable jump. And if you're Pierre-Luc Dubois and you're looking for your piece of the pie, wouldn't you want to potentially wait to see if that pie gets a lot bigger than it is right now? Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Mike McIntyre with us. As far as Dubois goes, I mean, listen, it would have been great if they had the, you know, they'd worked together and they said, hey, listen, you know, we like being here and we're in and we'll sign that massive deal to stay there. But, I mean, I don't think anyone can blame a guy for, you know, at least exercising all of his options uh, and see how things go going forward. Because we said at the end of last season, it was pretty clear. There was so much work for this team to do to fix what was happening within that locker room. I mean, it didn't seem like many of these guys had a lot of fun last year playing for the Winnipeg Jets. And listen, you can throw a fat check in front of them, but I think these guys know they're making money no matter where they're going to be. I think they want to be in a place where, First and foremost, they think they've got a chance to win. They've got confidence in the direction of the club. And, uh, I mean, you know, you can be as optimistic as you want. At the end of last season, it was pretty hard to make that argument with right. the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, and I guess the other side of it is, I mean, you want to be part of something that you enjoy being around. And uh, that, to me, is maybe the biggest job of the head new head coach yeah. coming in. Uh, and part, probably by a big reason why we've heard now Blake Wheeler's name, who has been the alpha, the guy that Maurice gave the keys to the dressing room, and it was his room, to really change over from that group that had been running this team for a long time and try and get a fresh new attitude and atmosphere around the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and let's not forget, the Jets still have some very good pieces in place. Like, I don't expect to see, this is not Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit, Arizona, no matter what happens this offseason with the likes of Shifley, Wheeler, this is not going to usher in a complete teardown start from the ground up. For starters, I don't think True North can afford to do that. Again, we're talking about the NHL's smallest market. We're talking about a, a season which they they often had 1,500, sometimes 2,000 empty seats. I don't know that this market... Uh, after 11 years and how close they got in 2018, tantalizingly close, only to now kind of take those steps back. I don't think this market is going to accept a lengthy rebuild. So I don't think that's even in the cards. Um, But certainly there are some cards that the Jets can play uh, that could bring some interesting returns back. And, you know, I think certainly Mark Shifley would bring a much bigger return than a Blake Wheeler Blake Wheeler's situation because of his cap hit, because of his age, um, you know, that gets a lot more tricky, right? That's a situation the Jets probably have to eat a significant amount of salary. Um, Maybe they have to throw in a sweetener. Maybe they have to take a bad contract back as well. Um, But I'll just throw something out that I, I wrote earlier this week. And this is where the Paul Maurice scenario again comes in. We talked about Andrew Brunette and wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't it also be something if Paul Maurice were to bring a guy like Blake Wheeler down to Florida? We know the Florida Panthers love their veterans. They, they brought in Claude Giroux at the past trade deadline. They signed Joe Thornton last year. Um, both those guys, Giroux and Thornton, they're gone. Uh, we also know Paul Maurice thinks the world of Blake Wheeler and vice versa. Um, 
we also know Blake Wheeler spends a considerable amount of time with his family down in Florida. I don't imagine you'd have to convince him that that might be somewhere he... he... I would bet, and this is just pure speculation, but come July 1, when the no move turns right. to a no trade, and there's five, five teams, teams that he could be trained to, I'd be willing to bet that the Florida Panthers are one of those five teams. For sure, and Tampa Bay would probably be another just because of the uh, the area. But, you know, the Maurice connection, the comfort, and not to mention, again, going back to what I said a few minutes ago in Blake Wheeler, he knows time is fleeting. Where Where's an organization right now that's really, really close? Well, how about the team that just won the President's Cup? And, yeah, they, they got swept in the second round by Tampa Bay, uh, really no shame in that. Um, but, you know, again, you'd have to do some gymnastics to make that work. I've seen a name like uh, Patrick Hornquist. You know, he's got one year left. I think he's making five. You know, again, there'd have to be something, you know, coming back to make, make the numbers work. The Panthers don't have a lot of cap space. Uh, but it would be really interesting if Paul Maurice, in a number of ways, uh, kind of helped the old team out a little bit whether it's because a guy like Andrew Brunette becomes available and maybe we see him here or a guy like Blake Wheeler and that creates some cap flexibility and some, some, some ability to do some other things with the roster. Um, back to the coaching for a minute. Yeah. You mentioned Andrew Brunette and he's an interesting name for obvious reasons. Um, but, you know, coming off Drager's report this afternoon, is there a clubhouse leader right now? I mean, if you had to, to throw a nickel on this is going to be the next guy, is there one guy that's ahead of the others? I mean, Montgomery seems to be the name that's been reported the most, but yeah. I really don't know where that's at. And we certainly haven't heard a lot on Montgomery's side of things. Although I guess if he's interviewing for the job, he's interested in taking it. Right. And again, there's not a lot of seats left in the game of musical chairs now for a guy like Jim Montgomery. I mean, Scott O'Neill's an interesting name too, just because, you know, his name has been out there as well that, there may, in fact, you know, that's something almost in the back pocket that True North intended to bring him in with whoever they hire, not to be the head coach, perhaps as an associate, the way Jamie Compon was here uh, to Paul Maurice and, and perhaps a future coach in waiting if a guy like Trotz were to have been brought in and maybe only be around for a few years. Um, I, I don't necessarily envision Scott O'Neill being the head coach here. I do think Scott Arneal could be a part of a coaching staff. Uh, I know, you know, my colleague Jeff Hamilton was on with you earlier in the week, and he had some interesting names, I think, as well. But that was more tied to potentially Trots and who his assistants might be. You know, Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, Chicago um, of the USHL, yeah. they're, they're, they're head coaches. So, you know, again, we know that True North has done some work, but I think the bulk of their time and energy has been focused on Barry Trotz. Uh, now that they have their definitive answer today, uh, I don't expect this is going to be a sleepy summer weekend for, uh, put it this way, Kevin Shevelyev is not heading out to the cottage this weekend uh, to put his feet up. Uh, he's he's rolling up the sleeves because there's a lot of work to be done in, in short order. And the other thing, Huss, um, the NHL draft is 13 days from today. Yeah, Free agency is right after that, the next week. You want to have you want to have all this in place for sure before the draft and absolutely before free agency um, for a number of reasons, including the players we talked about and what you're potentially doing with there and just the mindset that you're approaching all of this important off season with. You got to have things set up, and I gotta I gotta think the urgency today 
down at True North has gone into uh, sky high mode. Well, I can tell you, I actually had the pleasure of sitting at the uh, radio dinner at the head table next to uh, John Olfert, the uh, yeah. CEO, and he was mentioning that they had the board meeting, I think it was maybe yesterday, and then their pro scouting meeting. So, I mean, all of these things are happening behind the scenes right now, as normally does going into the draft, but there is that huge unsolved mystery as to who the other seat at the table is going to be filled by. And, you know, I mean, listen, I know the general manager and, you know, is going to be making those decisions and they'll lean on the scouts for, you know, who they're selecting. Um, but absolutely, when it comes to some very big decisions on player personnel and potential trades, I would imagine you definitely want to have the buy-in of right. the new head coach and make sure that, you know, the moves that you're making Obviously, he's got to do what's best for the hockey club overall. Now, it includes the decision of hiring whoever the head coach is. But um, I would think there would want to be some level of collaboration with those things. And I would say with the news today, the potential of maybe even more player movement actually increases if they're not getting Barry Trotz to come in and quote-unquote fix this. Right, because one thing we know about Barry Trotz, if he had been the guy, he was going to have a considerable voice at that table right off the hop. Uh, and, and uh, you know, Barry Trotz being brought in, chances are there would have been some arrangement in place that involved a, a potential eventual transition into management. But I suspect he would have had the ear right off the hop. That's not to say the next coach won't have some of that voice. I don't know that it'll be necessarily as loud. I mean, obviously, the less experienced coach you bring in, probably the less of a voice that that coach is going to have, at least initially. But for sure, you want to make sure that you're working in concert with your head coach and his staff uh, to get the kind of players to to play the kind of system that you envision. And uh, time is absolutely now running out. But again, um, I guess better now than a week from now. Um, uh, it does, though, trigger uh, you know uh, what what should be another very busy few days, busy week ahead for True North. How different do you think this hockey team is going to look on uh, when they drop the puck on the home uh, home opener or whatever the end of the first game of the regular yeah. season, as opposed to that group that uh, finished up game eighty two uh, without a spot in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I, now based on what happened today, I, I I think it's going to look even more different than we maybe initially thought, um, because I think you know the the potential now to to think bigger and maybe more long-term now exists if you're not bringing someone of Barry Trotz's caliber uh, in, in to coach. Again, I think you're still, you still have your eye on the ultimate prize and you still want to get there as quickly as possible. Uh, I, I just think potentially the, the route that you take is going to be, look a little different now without a guy like Barry Trotz kind of leading the way. Uh, Mike, <laughs> You know, we kind of touched on this very briefly, but uh, what do you think about Mo going to Florida? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I get why a guy like Paul Maurice, we dealt with him daily. Paul Maurice is an expert communicator with us in the media. Master of the meeting. Right. And, and you know, I saw Bill Zito said how he, like, aced his interview. Right? Well, of course no he kidding. Did. He's Paul Maurice. <laughs> I mean, he, he would... He would ace any interview. He could go down to Walmart today to apply to be a greeter. And, you know, he'd be store manager probably by the time he walked out of there. I joked he should be an agent. I mean, I could imagine going into a negotiation, oh. having Maurice as my representative, ask for $2 million and walk out with three. Right. Uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong at all. I mean, so, you know, I think Paul Maurice 
he would have gone into that meeting with Florida and everything he said would have been music to the ears of a team that was stinging at how its season ended. I find it comical that, you know, Andrew Burnett is kind of wearing a second round exit at the hands of the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, that that, that is somehow all on him and, and you know, not the players who, who didn't do the things that they had kind of done up to that point. And again, they, they got beat. They didn't get beat by an underdog. They, you know, yeah, Tampa Bay in theory might have been the underdog. They're the defending champs. They just mowed through three really good teams. They haven't they, lost a playoff series in three years. So, you know, I, I, to me, look, I, I think the world of Paul Maurice, the, the person, I mean, his coaching record, I think, does speak for itself. He's been in the league 24 years. He's never won a cup. It's only had one team ever go over the 100-point mark, which Florida did quite easily this year. And that, of course, was with the 2018 Winnipeg Jets. Um, you know, But I think Paul Maurice is the guy that you know, they think he can come in. Uh, and they obviously have the talent already in place on that roster. They just must believe that, that his voice is going to you know, get them where they need to go. But his track record would suggest that it's going to be a challenge, right? Um, and I, I suspect the pressure now on a guy like Paul Maurice is, is as high as it's ever been. But we know he's a guy who seems to like that pressure. And, and you know, he can talk his way out of any situation. So it, it, was, a, it was a fascinating move for sure. Um, you know, I think just if you're, if you're judging it strictly on the quality of coaching, I don't know how you could argue that it's a major upgrade or even an upgrade at all. Um, but, you know, a lot of times it's um, the game is so, you know, between the ears, um, you know, every team has talent and they feel that Paul Maurice can be the guy to lead them to the promised land. It'll be fascinating to watch and fascinating to listen to because we know his post-game news conferences uh, will be classics. <laughs> did you hear yesterday? I, I mean, did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, Masterclass as always, and in a market eating out of his hands, totally. Basically, the first sentence. And you know what? In a market like uh, like Sunrise, which I mean, they're not Tampa Bay. They still have a lot of trouble selling tickets, even with the success that they've had. Paul Maurice will be good for that organization, just to be the face of it. Uh, And you know, he'll sell some tickets alone for sure. Um, Whether he can get them beyond where they got to this year under Andrew Burnett. I'm not so sure about that, um, but uh, I think I think the NHL is better when people like Paul Maurice are in it. So just personally for Paul Maurice, I'm glad that you know clearly his time in Winnipeg, the way it ended, it was it was taking a toll. I remember telling my wife I was on that last road trip with the Jets before Paul Maurice pulled the plug. I think we were in Seattle and Vancouver. That's where Blake Wheeler got hurt in Vancouver. And I remember just seeing Maurice, you know, behind the scenes. And we talked to these guys off camera and stuff too. And we're around them. Uh, and I just, it's like, you know what? The signs were there. So I'm glad that he's, you know, he's taken this time and he's obviously found the joy, found the passion again. And that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good landing spot for a guy like Paul Maurice. No question. Yeah. Well, it will be interesting to see what happens with that team going forward. I mean, uh, listen, it might be the best chance they'll ever have to win a cup outside of 17, 18 right. with the Winnipeg Jets club. 
I would also offer, though, he will never be under more pressure and expectation to win and be that difference maker than he will be right out of the gate uh, with the Florida Panthers this year. I mean, they're not getting rid of, uh, of Andrew Brunette and moving on to an experienced veteran coach without high expectations no. that this is the guy that will get them across the finish line. So I believe he signed a three-year deal, but I mean, we know, you know, those aren't necessarily worth the paper they're written on these days with the amount of coaching movement that happens. So if you're Paul Maurice, I mean, how short is your leash? Like, do you get one year to at least get them to the third round? Um, if, if, if you don't get to the Eastern Conference final at least next year, that would be a step back, I guess, from where they went this year. Like, you're right. The pressure is going to be immense, but he's going to be paid a lot of money uh, and, and you know, have a pretty good... Uh, pretty good lifestyle down there in the old South Beach area uh, while he's doing it. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting to see the way other teams have approached, you know, a team like Vegas, for instance, they're on what coach number three already, um, you know, where the jets and we get used to the loyalty and the, the tenure with true North. Now we're going through something here in Winnipeg that is kind of new to this market. Um, but you see in other markets just how much pressure there is that if if you don't produce kind of quickly, we're going to find somebody else to do the job. No doubt about it. Uh, hey, let's get Remus in here. We've got to check in on his condition after the uh, the Barry Trotz news that has broken over the course uh, of the course. Uh, Remo, uh, I know we haven't had you back on. You've been doing a great job, by the way, putting on this live show. But, uh, well, Trotz Watch, what a run it was, eh, bud? Is that a tear in your eye? <laughs> Do I see a tear? He's just—it's just moist. It's hot in here. <laughs> it is a little toasty in here. Yeah. Well, I'll say—I'll say what you know. We made the most of Trot's watch. That's for sure. It's been great for the program. But now we've got to figure out where to go. Although the storylines of the Winnipeg Jets—let's let's be straight—they're uh, not getting smaller as we go forward into next week coming out of this weekend after what we've heard today. I'll say this: people often think us journalists like we cheer for the Jets, or some people think I cheer against the Jets. I, I have no rooting interest other than. I love juicy storylines and this is like, this is Christmas and my birthday and everything kind of wrapped up together in terms of, you know, where we're, where we're going. I'm actually on holidays next week. Although I put a little asterisk beside that because <laughs> I suspect there may be some things happening in the next week that I'll be pulling myself back in. Luckily it's a staycation. So I'll be close to home the whole time. Um, you know, for, for folks hoping for Barry Trotz, uh, Remus, I guess, we're in a pretty good place if people wanted to sort of cry well, in their beer, right? Got, got, got a few extra pints, I think, to have. Remo, what do you think? Yeah, I'm just reading the social media reaction. Oh, 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 oh. I'm, I'm so glad I haven't looked oh, at Twitter man. through the entire show. What do the egg avatars have to say? Uh, are, they, are they boarding up the arena right now? Are they moving trucks downtown? I think someone Back in, to Atlanta. Yeah, someone in chat said uh, earlier they're going to sell the team to Quebec now or something. <laughs> Uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, what's that meme with the dog in the house on fire? It's thing. fine. It's yeah, fine. fine. Hey, we're nothing if not dramatic around here, and uh, the team's yeah. certainly helping all of that. Getting a lot of texts like, "Oh no, worrying that we're going to become the new Buffalo or Columbus." Which, I mean, look the way that the off season has gone. I mean, with all the, I, as I said, the high headline is Jets drama. You don't have a coach. You're seemingly the last one. Was that everyone sat down in their musical chairs? Uh, you know, you're the center that you traded for. 
isn't says he's not going to resign and you're going to look to trade your captain or sorry, the captain is on the right, the trade list. So, I mean, there's a lot going and on mutually, mutually interested with the club in finding a change of scenery. So it does, as you said, going from Jets 2.0 to 2.1, it does kind of feel like we are starting from square one again. And that is the line Blake Wheeler used at the end of the season. So right. I think hard to be, I mean, when the news came out, Sure, it's a Pat who brought us his phone with the tweet like yeah, three minutes you, after. Pat, so the heads up on that. It wasn't too long, but I mean, I was. I mean, you just saw everyone's face in here. It's like they knew. Dreger knew we were here at 1 p.m. Right. Little Brown Jug. Time to release the news. <laughs> I'm just. I'm honestly just happy he didn't release it uh, at 3:30 or yeah. Well, four that's o'clock. The, that's the Friday afternoon news dump. I'm. Mean, yeah. I'm surprised we didn't get it. That's what governments usually do, right? They drop the bad news on a Friday at 4.30 because they know that the media packed up and it'll get lost over the weekend. Uh, uh, they're taking care of the boys on WST. They knew we had to have some stuff to talk about. We didn't want this show to be dated by the time uh, 15 minutes after the podcast oh. was put up. So You know, to your point, Remo, it's amazing. You go back 18 months ago, the Jets traded Patrick Laine for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And at the time, the Jets had a one-two center punch of Fifeley and Dubois, right? Trade. It's a, never want to talk about it's that incredible to think that here we are now 18 months later talking about potentially both Shifley and Dubois being gone in relative short order. Uh, you know, that's unfathomable, but that's the reality. I mean, life moves fast, right? <laughs> and sometimes, well, you know, what? just while you bring it up and I mean, like and any regular listener knows, I mean, I'm still pissed off that Patrick Line got traded. I mean, I think you were gifted with that sort of a player with that pick. I mean, how many teams are trading away second overall picks right. that are that productive? It just doesn't happen. And I've got my own opinions as to why for the people say, oh, we want it out. I mean, I think you need to dig a little bit deeper and say, why was that the case? It wasn't the city. It wasn't all this. There's a lot of stuff that has come out. I mean, it was an internal sure. thing. And I mean, if we get to next year and Maurice is gone and Wheeler's gone and Shifley's gone and Pierre-Luc Dubois is on his way out without Patrick Line. I mean, I said at the time, Bring I said, hey, back. listen, hey, Dubois better be awesome for this club because of what they've given up. And yeah. I mean, he's been good and had a great season this year. But if Pierre-Luc Dubois, the player that they've traded Line for, is done and is gone at the first possible moment, it will be an abject failure for right. this organization. And that, to me, makes this in this entire scenario and situation and a potential return if they are forced into dealing him as maybe the most pivotal uh, that the team is going to have going forward outside of, you know, the the big names that have been here for a long time that, that certainly wouldn't have the value of a stud 24 or 25-year-old center. Here's some dark humor for you. Who's uh, who's Patrick Laine's best friend in the hockey world? <laughs> Alexander Barkov, right? that is, yep. Patrick Laine, he's only a year removed from potentially being a UFA, getting to pick his spot. How many times do you think Sasha Barkov has said, Patrick, life's great down in Florida. You should come play with me. Well, we'll see whether life's well, great going I'm, forward. <laughs> imagine now if Patrick says, okay, anything I should know about? Dude, what they... about the phone calls from Barkov to Lina yesterday? Right. Hey, Patty, we got your old coach. <laughs> Tell me about him. I wonder how's, how's that conversation and, going? And he might bring your old captain with him. Uh, the guy that many blame for running Pat. Can you imagine if Wheeler and Maurice are both in Florida? I think we can cross uh, the Panthers off of... Uh, <laughs> Patty Laine's potential landing spots. But yeah, I mean, it it it, it really is. Uh, it's, a, it's a stunning turn of events in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, to me, we're going to look back on, I guess it was December 17th, 2021. That's the day that Paul Maurice pulled the plug. 
that, that was a day clearly it ushered in change. It ushered in immediate change because Paul Maurice was gone. Dave Lowry was in. But that may also have been the start of all of much bigger, broader, sweeping change that we couldn't have envisioned at the time. And had Paul Maurice not resigned that day, and who knows what the Jets might have done the rest of the year, but it, it may have just have triggered all kinds of things that wouldn't otherwise have happened if not for the decision that went down that day. No doubt about it. All right, we're live at Little Brown Jug. We will be having a few pints once we're finished here, kicking it for some happy hour. And then, of course, we've got a big bomber game. Um, we will have a marble race coming up. We'll get Remus back in here in just a second. We do have to get to the cool bet lines. Mike, don't go anywhere. We're going to need to have you hang around. We'll have a cold one uh, cold one afterwards. Uh, we'll uh, Let's check the cool bet lines for our good friends over at Cool Bet. Uh, as I mentioned, we uh, did the lock shop here with Dustin Nielsen. We sort of screwed up and had the music running for about the first 10 minutes. So if the podcast is cut off a little bit, we apologize for that. You can check the uh, the broadcast up on our Twitter feed. Um, for tonight, oh, wow, the Bombers are up to six-point favorites in this game this evening. So uh, we actually got a pretty good number uh, last night at minus four and a half. But Bombers laying six right now and minus 250 favorites against the Hamilton Tiger Cats this evening. That game at 730. Don't forget the Princess Auto tailgate zone is uh, live at 5.30 p.m. Uh, for $5 beers, 350 hot dogs and more uh, coming up uh, tomorrow. Edmonton and Calgary, that number's dropped from eight and a half to seven and a half. Calgary's still the big home favorite. And the BC Lions, five-point favorites against the Toronto Argonauts. And as far as the National Hockey League goes, one more life for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Can they live to see another day and get this series back to Florida? Lightning are a plus 148 underdog tonight. The Avalanche minus 175. And if you're still holding out hope that the Lightning can do the incredible and rattle off three in a row, you can get them at 9-1 to one to win the Stanley Cup, trailing 3-1 and with two more games in Denver. Uh, all right, Remo. Uh, oh, by the way, I do want to thank our friends at Assiniboia Downs. Hey, congratulations again to our winners of the Pick'em Contest over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I know we announced them yesterday, sent out the emails. We'll look forward to hanging with all of you and chowing down on that world-class prime rib buffet and more coming up on the 12th of July. We are going to have a Winnipeg Sports Talk race that night, so certainly everyone will be welcome to go Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, or sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, live racing at Assiniboia Downs. Back to the post on Monday at 7.30 p.m. You can find out more online at asdowns.com. I mentioned our friends at Canadian Club and after we're finished up here, I've got a few extra social passes for the game tonight. If you haven't heard about the Jim Beam social pass, listen, if you're one of the people that spends more time out in the rum hut area than you do in the seats, uh, why not get a Jim Beam social pass? Gets you into the game without an assigned seat. Gets you a free Canadian club and ginger ale. And uh, you can party with the rest of the crew. We'll give away a few of those at the end of the show here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Don't forget... Special going on right now at the Canadians Beer Stores. If you buy a six-pack of Canadian Club and Ginger, get a free Bomber Slim Can Koozie and be entered to win an autographed Blue Bomber jersey. And, of course, tonight, Canadian Club available throughout IG Field is the official sponsor and official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And, hey, if you're not going out to, tonight to the game, pop by your local Boston Pizza. Be a great spot to watch both the Bombers and the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, they got a great new summer menu featuring the Carnitas Pizza. Pizza pairs are back. They got some great tacos as well. 
And the bottom line is if you're staying home, you can uh, stay cool and take advantage of those game day deals and order online at bostonpizza.com. Uh, all right, Reem, um, I think we're going to be able to pull this off. Been a huge number. By the way, I should have mentioned this before. Many people may be popping in for the first time. This is our first on-location show here at Little Brown Jug. Having a great time with many of our regulars from the chat. Great to see everyone out. Uh, but make sure you hit that red subscribe button and be subscribed to the YouTube channel. And you're going to want to do that because you have to be subscribed to win in the marble race, which is coming up. And we'll let you know how to enter that right away. Uh, and uh, again, huge thanks to uh, our friends here for making this happen. Everyone that's popped down. And uh, it's not a Friday Winnipeg sports talk without a marble race, though, Ray. That was the big key when we were putting this together. Uh, can we do the marble race on location? Should we do it on a Friday? Friday is the best day to do it. But how will it impact marbles? Yeah, and we can definitely do it. So I got to open the thing up here and I'll take. I know I see people in the audience. You can see them on the screen. Some of them are in chat. So uh, get get your phones out. You will be able to get in. <laughs> hey, everyone. So just a second here. It's a great crew. Yeah, get your phones out for everyone that wants to. This is amazing. Everyone's going, don't worry, Les. We'll put you in. We'll we'll manually put you in. I know you're able to do that. And uh, Mike uh, Mike will be able to do it. Mike, here, you're gonna put, keep the headset on. you got to come here and see the magic happen. And you're getting a marble, too. Don't worry. Our, our Friday, Friday guests yeah. absolutely get one. So uh, Dustin Nielsen will get one. Marat will get one. Mike will get one. Barry Trotz, you're out. No, mar no marble for you. And we got to figure out what to do with the million beers we had ready for you when you came back to Winnipeg, too. I'll figure something out for that. And I know our friends at Little Brown Jug will be able to do that, too. Uh, we got the uh, contest open. The entries are flowing. We already got 44 people in here. Sorry, I, you know, I do have another TV there. I could have it up, but uh, we don't have it set up. So the people in the audience will have to rely on your commentary. Yep. I We're guess some of them have their phones. They can, they, they can watch. They will, but there might be a, a bit of a delay. They so. will be able to see it. And again, I just want to really thank everyone that came out today. It's great to see so many familiar faces and a few new ones as well. Um, this is, uh, it's always fun having the interaction of so many people in the chat each and every day. Uh, but this is even better getting a chance to uh, cheer some folks. Yeah, and, and former Marble Race winner and the muse of the Winnipeg digital sports community, Tristan Rivers here as well yeah. live uh, amongst many other notables from the chat exclamation mark marbles in the chat right now completely free you get a marble if you haven't done it before all you need to know is hit the red subscribe button and put an exclamation mark marbles and trust me you will enjoy yourself i you know the talk when tristan came in is okay does he have a guitar can he play the marbles <laughs> theme live we were all one we we're all one i was leaning on him uh, to uh maybe we'll work on some sort of a winnipeg sports christmas album with uh with tristan you know we can uh you know kenny and rennie can do a duet oh uh you know we'll do a couple i'm sure uh, maybe the illegal curve boys can do a hanukkah song or something like that it'll be uh, It'll be a be phenomenal. Looking forward to that. Now we will play this. Uh, we'll play this coming up. So yeah, exclamation mark marbles. Get in there, folks. Uh, oh, by the way, I should have mentioned to you. You can uh, of course get all of those lines for Coolbet online at Coolbet.com. And uh, if you haven't before played at Coolbet, use the promo code WST. It'll give you a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks 
on your first deposit. All right, well, Remo takes care of that. Last call for marbles. Get in there, exclamation mark marbles. We'll get that going in a minute. Mike, I know we've sort of been completely focused in on the Darren Drager news about Barry Trotz not coming to Winnipeg, not coaching for the time being, uh, and all the other stories around the Winnipeg Jets. What do you think about the Bombers right now? 2-0 and and uh, hosting uh, their opponents from the last couple of great cups, the Hamilton Tiger Cats tonight down at IG Field. Yeah, I was going to be covering the game tonight along with uh, colleague Taylor Allen, but I'm calling an audible. Uh, I'm going to obviously be writing on the the Barry Trotz developments today, so now I'm I won't be covering the game tonight, but uh, I may still go down to to take a peek. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to gauge too much about because they've only played one team, right? Granted, they played them twice, uh, and I don't think they blown anyone's doors off with the way they played, but they're two and zero, and this is a team that. You know, I think winning back-to-back great cups as they have, like this is a team that knows how to win. We talk about a team like Tampa Bay in the NHL, right? That winning pedigree, that mentality. I think you kind of see that start to creep in in any sport when a team has had success. And in the Bombers' case, they've kept so much of that core, obviously the same coaching staff. This is a team that just knows how to get it done. It doesn't always have to be pretty. Um, But I think they also know that they now, they're not getting judged by what they're doing in week one or week two of a long CFL season. This is a team that obviously wants to win another championship in November. And um, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get too high or too low, I guess, by any results during the regular season. Because I think we're now at a point with the Bombers that uh, we judged whether or not a se- season was successful this may be unfair, but whether they win the Grey Cup, right? And what a change that was from the way it used to be around here for so long. Well, I mean, my God, I mean, you think about where the Bombers were, you know, 15, 16, the Jets sort of on that rise. Right. And now <laughs> this offseason, which I said is great for business. It gives us a lot of things to talk about, but I mean, it's so uncertain. Right. And then you've got this Blue Bomber team that just continues to go along standard of winning championship attitude chemistry culture in the team and uh it really is incredible the turnaround especially in winnipeg and i mean i guess jet fans with all the to the tumult right now around the team <laughs> i like that i can word. only hope that um you know the right decisions will be made and this team can maybe follow the past not necessarily winning back-to-back championships but um you know get back to that winning mentality not to mention how fun it seems to be to be a bomber right now right. and how fun it is to be a bomber fan and that connection between the team and the fan base so to go back to the not too distant past hus i go back to the night of the eastern conference final last year bombers Played during the afternoon. They won, punched their ticket to their second consecutive Grey Cup. And then what happened that night? The Jets were playing the Leafs downtown. I attended both games. I know you did as well, right? Absolutely. What a night. In terms of local sports days, that's got to be up there with among the best for a fan in this city, Oh, absolutely. Uh, Because the atmosphere at, at the stadium was electric. And then that night, that was Blake Wheeler's 1,000th. The Jets were actually still flying pretty high. Uh, they had been, they had a share of first place in the Central in, in mid-November, uh, and they beat the Leafs that night, and it was a great game, and obviously all kinds of great things happened. That would kind of be the beginning of of a downturn for the Jets. That was, you know, it was it was 
straight south from that point on. Um, but you're right. I mean, we, we've been spoiled a little bit now by the Bombers and the success they've had. Uh, and obviously for True North and the Jets, they'd like to, uh, They'd like to see some of that rub off uh, on on them as well. No doubt about it. Listen, while Remus gets uh, the marbles ready, and uh, we're just about ready to go on that, one other thing I wanted to touch on, and I spent quite a bit of time talking about this earlier on this week. Uh, and, you know, again, we've been so focused in with the Wheeler News and Dubois. Um, this Hockey Canada story this week oh. is, uh, I mean, it's interesting who's been really covering it and where it has been you know, discussed more, um, right. you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit about the Blackhawks uh, situation yeah, that, you know, a lot sure. of the people that are really tied in don't have a lot to say about it. And obviously, you know, TSN is so tied in with hockey Canada that maybe some of those guys are in a pretty difficult situation. That being said, um, I mean, a pretty crazy week. And the fact that the Hockey Canada funding is being yeah. withheld right now uh, is almost an unprecedented step on an organization that pretty much was the, king of all sporting organizations for so long here in the country yeah and i mean for those who haven't been following the story essentially this involves allegations that in 2018 uh, eight junior hockey players sexually assaulted a young woman in a in a hotel after a hockey canada event that was meant to honor the world junior gold medal winning team of that year it's a golf tournament and a gala dinner um, Hockey Canada found out about the allegations. They did bring the police in. No charges were ultimately laid, but a lawsuit was filed by the woman earlier this year. And very quickly, it was settled. Um, Hockey Canada says they settled it without even knowing any of the facts, which is really yeah. dubious. And with an NDA. And an NDA, so that she couldn't talk about it. Um, and Hockey Canada you know, took really no steps to ascertain who these players were. They claim they don't know who these eight players, and we know that a lot of players from that junior team, they're in the NHL now. Like, uh, so where, you know, what these players went on to do uh, is, is unknown at this point. And certainly, you know, they were called before a parliamentary committee this past week, as you said, um, to explain their actions, or in this case, inactions, and there may be more fallout. Uh, well, they didn't have a good answer. Listen, in Hockey Canada, I, I worked there for a long time. I know how meticulous yeah. they are in preparing. If they prepared for the World Juniors or the under-18s the way they prepared for that, <laughs> we wouldn't be winning any gold medals, right. let could just say that. Yeah, I mean, this was a case of kind of hear no evil, see no evil, and it's certainly the implication, Huss, is a damning one. It's that basically Hockey Canada paid hush money to a victim of a gang rape uh, to quietly go away. And that is, this is the governing body of sports. You know, they oversee all elements of sport. Hey, the, the NHL has said that they're doing their they own investigation into that. Can anything come out of that considering none of the players are, are public? I mean, they're all John Doe's. Well, they, they, the NHL says that they their expectation is that every player on that team will cooperate. So I would think if the NHL wants to find out who the eight players involved and what their level of involvement was, that they have the power to do that. And if the player were to not cooperate, certainly they could take sanctions, whether it's a suspension or something else punitive. But... Uh, it, it, it is a story that's not going away. And in fact, based on what happened this week, the worst may be yet to come. Well, I agree. Mike McIntyre is with us. All right. 
What a great afternoon at Little Brown Jug. We got a number of Marble Racers that are actually with us live. Uh, Remo, how big's the crew that uh, have entered in the festivities today? Yeah, we got, uh, I think it's like 183. Ooh, that's and one of the biggest ever. Yeah, I think that's up there. So we still have to put in our uh, honorary marble. Okay, so, Mike. Yeah, Dusty. Dusty. Okay, who else? Marat. Marat. Not Barry Trotz. Yeah, not Barry Trotz. <laughs> no, Barry's, Barry's out. Dragger. Um, he kind of ruined your day. No, no, yeah. Dragger, definitely not. Come on. We, we, we would have waited. If Dragger's going to maybe done this. Although, again, maybe we should do Dragger because yeah, we should be thanking him. That keeps on giving because of what it does to the show Look, every time one of these reports gets up. He did it at 1, one or sorry, what time was it? One thirty. One fifty. So at least it wasn't 3.30, wasn't 4 or 5. And then the other one, birthday boy, Les Thompson. Oh, yeah. I have to get Les. Let's just have a, uh, a phone, so we'll get him Not in. Smart phone guy. Um, all right. So uh, we're uh, we're looking pretty good here. All right. By well, the way, special uh, welcome to uh, one of the kings of the chat. Kabilis has uh, just dropped in later uh -huh. on. Great to, great to see Jeff. Are you in, in the chat Live right now, location. Too? <laughs> the boys are uh, the boys are in. So, folks, if you haven't seen this before, this is how we finish up the uh, up the week. We do have a. Uh, and by the way, congratulations to Eric Fritchie. Eric came by and uh, picked up his hoodie for winning last week. We've got a Winnipeg Sports Talk Canadian Club hoodie, which is our version of the Masters Green Jacket for the winner of today's marble race. You're, um, not, you're not giving away all the Barry Trotz beer. Yeah, the, <laughs> we're drinking it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> After that news going right. into this weekend, in we've got work to do here at Little Brown Jug, I'll tell you that. Um, so, folks, we're going to drop the marbles. Good luck to everyone. First place, as I mentioned, we've got that hoodie for you. And uh, for those of you that are new to the channel, welcome. Just make sure you hit the subscribe button, the red subscribe button, so you're eligible to win. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully have you on the reg here with us Monday to Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. And again, if you're busy but you want to check out the YouTube for the Marble Race, it's usually in the last 15 minutes of our shows on Friday afternoon. So, uh, but another great week, record-breaking for us as far as podcasts. And the YouTube's been awesome, but right now it's about the greatest competition on the internet, Winnipeg Sports Talk Marbles. And, you know, we could have maybe done a live edition of the theme song for the Marbles with Tristan Rivers here in the house. Uh, but, Remo... I think we need to play the music and get ready to drop the marbles on WST. The turkey race they do at the moose games. Um. Well, at Mike, That's you know, you'll, better version of it. Just kick back. Good luck. You're in. <laughs> You're in. And by the way, I do have. Um. I also have a couple pairs of Jim Beam social passes for the game tonight. So. Um, at the end, second and third place, if you're able to go to the game, it gets you in admission as well as a free drink of CC and ginger. Um, so we've got a couple of those. So second and third, if you're in and you're able to get to the game, uh, we can send you those as well. You'll have, just have to email us at sportstalkwpg 
or WinnipegSportsTalk, I should say, at gmail.com afterwards. All right, we got uh, over 180 racers today live at Little Brown Jug. I can taste this 1919 that we're about to get into. So, uh, Remus, let's uh, let's get going. What uh, what course are we doing today? Yeah, I'm going to need a drink after this one. It's really hot. It's really hot in here. It's been a stressful day. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. But this is uh, – did we do this one last week? I feel like this is a Two favorite. weeks ago we did the factory. Okay, I, think. I feel like this factory is two. one of our favorite ones here. So All right, 183 marbles in the factory. We're back to the factory today. Good luck to everybody. May your marble get across the uh, across the finish line first. Krugs and Kevin Kowalik with a nice start. Ernie Thiessen and Jeff Kabilis, who's in the house. Wouldn't that be a wouldn't that be a flex showing up live and winning the marble race in front of everybody here? Uh, One bird and Earl James. Frosty Winnipeg looking good, but it looks like it's Mac Richter. That is first out of the gate. Oh, no, it's Kabilis. Kabilis has the lead. This might be his first lead ever in the history of marble races. Mac Richter is hot on the tail. The WST audio gremlin just behind him. Sean Reynolds brooding pessimism. <laughs> who, who, who put that in there? <laughs> oh, Shane Roy just got thrown over the top rope. Um and the doctor right now. Uh, we've got Mac Richter right now in first place. Keith S, FRW, and DJ22 in the mix. Trevor Red Ranger as well, but it is tight, folks. Bruce H takes the lead, it looks like. And now we're getting into uh, one of the tubes of the factory. Jet Oil Tom with a slight lead over the WST Hollywood Audio Gremlin. Uh, Lynn Reimer doing well as well. Uh, we got a good, so Shane Mason's in the mix. Mike Wynn is in the mix. This is going to be, oh uh, yeah, this is one of the best ones. We're going through quality assurance right now in the factory, and it is anybody's race on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Lynn Reimer, Ron P., Sarah May, Shane Mason, Mike Wynn, DJ Cool as well, all in this mix. Uh, they're going on the conveyor belt, coming up to the superheating <laughs> section of the factory, too. As I said, it is anyone's race. Lynn Reimer with a, the slightest of leads. And now the lead is gone. And Sarah May is in first. And now FRW, Shane Mason, Mike Wynn, DJ Cool. Who is it going to be? It looks like Shane Mason has a slight lead. And Mike Wynn is hot on his tail. They're going into crash testing. We are getting down to the nitty-gritty of this race. Who will it be? Shane Mason, Mike Wynn, Trevor Red Ranger gets rocketed forward. And now a number of individuals are getting thrown over the top rope Royal Rumble style. Who is it going to be? Shane Mason is the winner. Way to go, Shane. Unbelievable drama in today's marble race. Shane Mason, number one. John D, FRW third. Jet Oil Tom, Pretty and Pionk, Trevor Red Ranger, Mike Wynn. Tom Zappia, Benjamin Gann, and DJ Cool. So, Shane Mason, congratulations. Send us an email, sports, or winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. We'll get in touch. You can pick up that hoodie at some point next week. And then we'll go back. Who are the, uh, who are the, uh, the next two people? So, John D, FRW, and Jet Oil Tom. If any of you guys want a couple, uh, a couple of uh, social passes to the game where you won't have an assigned seat, You'll get a free drink. I mean, obviously, you'll be able to find a seat at some point if you do want to. Send us that email at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com with the email you want me to send the tickets to if you're able to attend, and I will do that 
after the program. Uh, Wow, what an exhilarating end to a pretty massive week for us, although we didn't get very good news earlier thanks to one Darren Drager. What a week. Um, you know, we're hitting highs on YouTube views, some big shows here. We had 500 and then, you know, over 600. Our podcast downloads uh, higher than they've ever been uh, Love it. yesterday. So this is a really exciting time for us. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't end the way that many Jets fans wanted to with Barry Trotz opting to, you know, step away from coaching this year, but I'm sure whoever they get uh, will be an excellent candidate. And hopefully we do get some good news, you know, next week with a coach and then we'll have the draft. I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler. On to plan B next week, Mike. Uh, certainly no dull moments. Hey, thanks so much for joining yeah. us. This was great. I mean, we wanted to do this for a long time to actually get together with many of, uh, you know, our friends that, you know, we see in the chat each and every day. And obviously we talk so much, but it's great to actually see you in person and not uh, do this the way we used to do it with the headsets yes, wherever the we were at. Pre-games uh, were, uh, were always a lot of fun. So uh, anytime, guys. And uh, yeah, let's keep the news uh let's keep the news churning well you got no shortage of things and topics to Indeed. write about Indeed. as well um obviously a huge thanks to everyone that came down and joined us uh, and as well as everyone joining us all week long with these massive shows and everyone that showed up today and a special thanks to rebecca james kevin cal and the great staff here at little brown jug the best part of doing it here today is that as soon as this show is over we can start getting ready for a little Blue Bomber football tonight with a couple of ice-cold 1919s here at the brewery and taproom. And if you've never been by here before, make a point of checking it out. Beautiful addition on the patio right now, which you're going to be very impressed with. And obviously all the incredible Little Brown Jug beers available to drink here in pints, as well as take home in cans. And you can find that at your favorite beer store as well or liquor mart throughout the city of winnipeg hey don't forget by the way one final reminder tomorrow if you're down in the south side of the city great family event with our friends at vita health fresh market uh, 11 to 1 at the linden ridge uh location a little barbecue and block party you got free lunch face painting games for the kids and much more so pop down and check that out and we're going to try and make it as well um again great week great day thanks so much for being with us have a great weekend. Maybe we'll see you at the game tonight. And uh, we'll do it again starting Monday, 1 p.m. right here on WST. Have a great weekend, folks. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.